1: welcome to the horror hangout podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them my name is ben errington and today i'm joined by a very special guest vanna taylor is a queer horror fan and academic an ma candidate writing her thesis on rape revenge and a co-host of tale of two sisters and the carnal extremities podcast podcasts welcome to the show vanna hello hello
0: hello hello
1: Hello, hello there.
0: How how's it how's it going? It's good. I'm I'm very excited. I love talking, I love being a guest on other people's podcasts, so I'm pretty excited.
1: Yeah, it's good. All the pressure's off, right? When you're on a different podcast.
0: (laughs) I don't have to edit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can just finally relax. Uh yeah, so thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Um I've I listened to I've I have listened to a Tale of Two Sisters podcast before and even listen to it today just to get in the mood. So you you guys have been going for only a few episodes so far. is that correct?
0: Yeah, we um started releasing episodes regularly in February. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a little hard because my thesis is due by the end of this month. So I keep trying to like oh, wow, fit yeah. in recording with my sister in between writing my thesis uh which I should have just held off until (laughs) April
1: and you are actually sisters as well right
0: yes we are yeah we she's my little sister we uh yeah a lot of people ask us like apparently she said a lot of people ask her like are you guys actually sisters or is that just a bit yeah I mean (laughs) uh, it's just one of these things you kind of thought
1: (laughs) are you just saying it like in a (laughs) you guys are like soul sisters type, type of thing but no, you're actually related. Okay, that's cool. It's good that you guys have got like similar tastes, I guess. Would you say similar tastes or like the exact same tastes?
0: Um, I would say similar. We do disagree on a lot of uh mm-hmm. things. Like she does not like David Lynch. <laughs> at all and like all i right. I just yeah. got a blue velvet tattoo i love david lynch um oh God. <laughs> she oh is, she's not like a rob zombie fan like i love rob zombie but um you know so there's like little things like that but we yeah, generally have a lot of the same tastes i like show her a lot of horror movies that's how we have uh kind of like i guess connected now being adults mm-hmm. like we're no longer like teenagers and stuff that are like angry at each other all the time or something (laughs) Um but our family as a whole like our whole family like kind of likes to watch horror movies together uh Mm -hmm. so that's like a fun family activity for us
1: (laughs) it is a fun family activity definitely it's something that you know can really bond it's a lovely bonding process as well How how are you finding uh hosting a podcast with your sister
0: it is it's it's kind of fun because we kind of already were having those kinds of conversations and analyzing films uh for fun and things like that so it's kind of fun to be able to share that um it is challenging just in the way that hosting a podcast is challenging uh making posts like i i'm the one who's editing and recording but also i'm like super busy so trying to fit like my busy schedule in with her schedule um and again we do also have like i said little differences in taste so um coming up with like episode lineups and what things Mm -hmm. we want to cover um you know we disagree a little bit not in like a bad way but just like we have to compromise and things like that. i am that.
1: never talking to you ever again um it's good <laughs> yeah. though. i think those disagreements are good because me me and andy on this show andy's not here by the way if you're listening apologies he's not he's not extra quiet he's just he's just not here <laughs> i find that because me and andy have done so many episodes together our tastes have kind of like shaped in similar ways so Now I feel like we're always rating films like really in a really similar way and enjoying films and not enjoying films the same sort of stuff. So, in a way, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm not doing, Vanna, is inviting you to have a major disagreement with me on anything. (laughs) I would never do that. Um, (laughs) However, I think it is nice sometimes when there are sort of differing differing opinions. I mean, we've had we've had a couple fairly recently, but still, I think it makes for an interesting listen as well.
0: Yeah, it's a a lot of times it's just a maybe a difference in um like our initial readings of a film uh i think maybe just coming from different backgrounds uh because i'm getting my masters and <laughs> so uh a lot of my analysis like that's just how my brain works it comes from that kind of point of view and she uh she has acted before she's directed before oh, wow, um okay. like in like more stage uh productions so um and she's super into cosplay she's super into costuming and arts and crafts so like when she watches movies she's thinking about a lot of those Mm -hmm. kinds of elements so i think that's we always have like different things that we like notice or pull From movies so that's fun
1: it feels like you're covering a lot there it's probably a really good cross section of the film (laughs) and as i always say when we've got guests in this podcast it's nice to to have a guest who's who's somewhat qualified to talk about to talk about films whereas me and andy and i hate to do this to andy but especially when he's not here (laughs) <laughs> kind of just two idiots who, you know, um, okay. and again, like watching films, watching a lot of films for the first time. I, like, I consider myself an accomplished horror fan, but there's so many things that I'm like, I'm watching this for the first time. For example, both films today, um, watching for the first time and of like that, what you would consider absolute classics of the genre and subgenres, like I've never seen. So, it, it I mean, it, this podcast has helped me see a lot of those films that so yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it- I, I am uh, honored that people consider me qualified. Uh, I still think of myself as just some idiot watching movies. Um, but I also, like, admittedly, there's there are so many classics that I haven't seen. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think especially sometimes when there are things that are so fundamental or, like, so ingrained in popular culture... Sometimes I was just telling my sister this, like sometimes I don't, my brain doesn't think of those movies when I'm like, oh, I should watch something I've never seen before. If there's a movie that like the imagery or there's certain scenes or phrases that are like so ingrained in our popular culture that I don't think of them as something I haven't seen.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I I totally get that.
0: The amount of of times I've gone. gone, We're kind of like, yeah, he's helping that so we'll 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 see
1: (laughs) the amount of times i'm like i've seen that film and then i realize i've probably just seen a gif yeah
0: which also on the opposite and sometimes i think i haven't seen a movie and then we're watching it and i'm like wait yeah i've seen this before (laughs) i get
1: that too yeah definitely um as as we often say horror is the genre that keeps on giving you'll never ever complete it even if there's so many so many so much awesome new stuff coming out all the time um so as i mentioned previously when we started recording i saw your tweet which was about talking about last house on the left talking about i Spit on your grave and that you kind of wanted to talk about those films a little bit more and as we'd covered last house on the left fairly recently i thought it was perfect to 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 invite you onto the show to discuss the i Spit on your grave Um, double bill i guess of sorts um you got a lot of a lot of response to that tweet as well didn't you
0: i was actually pretty um surprised i guess uh i don't know i think i have recently had like an uptick in followers just because of um coming out with a couple podcasts and just I don't, I don't like using the word networking, but just becoming more acquainted with other people in the horror community. And then, um, you know, maybe that spreads, you -hmm. know, the way the algorithm works, uh, people find, um, but yeah, a lot of people had a lot of thoughts, um, again, still more about the originals than the remakes. So I didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say I didn't accomplish anything with that tweet but (laughs) but um yeah i don't know i i think it's still it's still interesting to me that there is a gap in the conversation which in a way is encouraging when you're trying to write a thesis and present uh original research quote unquote, um, about something. So like that's kind of cool. Uh but yeah, I have some other horror friends, um like uh Ariel or like Ari Hellraiser, you might know her on Twitter as. Um she's currently in the oh, process yeah. of a book about torture porn. So, oh, okay. uh, so I think in the future once she's maybe done with that book and I've finished my thesis it'll be interesting if we have similar readings like yeah a similar outcome I guess yeah yeah it was interesting
1: yeah sounds definitely sounds interesting how do you feel about um torture porn as a genre especially like the resurgence of it I guess in the mid 2000s um because me personally it was again i've already mentioned that i never i've never seen a New On before it all it's always one of those subgenres that i've not purposely stayed away from but i think in terms of the the subject matter it's it's never been something that i've always found particularly um something i was that interested in in terms of i think i've always gravitated towards horror in the simplest way possible it's the stuff that scares me and you know maybe like in a way i'm separating like the 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 physical body horror from like stuff that actually scares me um that's maybe my reading on it but yeah i just wonder what your relationship was with with the resurgence of it
0: um it's uh, interesting i love torture porn uh or at least like what's considered quote unquote torture porn um like that term being popularized after saw and like hostile i definitely really like saw is one of my favorite movies i have billy from saw tattooed on me um i yeah I i like that kind of stuff i um again because i have always just come to film with a like analytic lens of about like what's happening in society at the time like I've always found torture porn interesting because it's um at least what I'm exploring in my thesis is that it's you know a direct response to American nihilism and post nine eleven. um I think it has a lot to say about humanity a lot of people think it's just like violence for the sake of violence but in my opinion along the same lines as the argument like style is substance i would also argue that like violence is substance and that there's always an uptick in extremely violent films when the society at the time is trying to repress its um like the actual violence that's occurring so like with uh Last House on Your Left. That was very much a response to the Vietnam War and the fact Mm -hmm. that that was televised war. And so, of course, when we are like, uh, you know, Abu Ghraib and like, uh, American soldier soldiers torturing war prisoners, Mm -hmm. uh, torture itself became a concept that was like part of public consciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of people were like, well, where do I stand, like? as far as humanity like I think you know um you already talked about like you guys did last house on the left like in the remake very specifically the dad makes comments like we have to be ready to do anything so I think a lot of mm-hmm. what's happening is the conversation of like when we question what a nation will do um when it has been attacked or perceived to have been attacked uh it's like we get Films that explore what like the family will do uh when it's a family has been yeah. perceived uh, attacked um which is like why it's interesting too that like rape revenge itself like snuck its way into that little mm-hmm. resurgence um i just recently yeah, read, wasn't... called it neo exploitation like because there's all these like there's like the splat pack and there's like rob zombie and eli roth and they're mm-hmm. like these dudes who all grew up watching 70s exploitation so that's they consider torture porn to be a like neo-exploitation movement which i I think is fun like they're just making movies they want to make you know uh
1: because last house on the left and spit on your grave remake 2010 is that correct yeah i think
0: um because last house on the left i think had a like a festival run a little bit so i think last house was like technically 2009 and then released later in 2009 um and only like maybe maybe a uh, less okay. than a year later uh, it's still i still kind of on weird your... that yeah it's
1: still kind of weird that there was that those films were decided to be remade so close together um yeah that's and what, what i find <laughs> six five six five six years between the, the originals as well so yeah. yeah so it must have been like filmmakers who'd kind of grown up watching those films that decided that they were that they were sort of in need in need of a remake um mm-hmm. so obviously the original title for i spit on your grave was day of the woman now i I did send a tweet out, which when I was watching both of these films where I just quoted Day of the Woman um before before I was watching them. I did have a little bit of a response where someone was saying, Oh, I don't think you should call either of the you should associate that phrase to either of those films. And I said, Well, that was the original title, you know, it's nothing to do with yeah. me. I'm not just deciding to say that. Um, do we know the reason why it was changed to Ice Spit on Your Grave? Because day of the obviously it conjures very, very different um very very different ideas isn't it
0: yeah so yeah i love the original title and that's actually i think when i quote tweeted that tweet someone commented on my tweet saying like that they that's love right, isn't it yeah title. and okay okay yeah so it's uh it's called day of the woman um you know after the film had garnered lots of controversy Mirzarchi archie did an interview where he explained why he made the film. And I think that explains why he called it day of the woman. Um, Mm -hmm. He had personally tried to distribute it to like independent cinemas in in 1978. But then in 1980, uh, I forgot his name, but a guy with a distribution company wanted to buy the rights to distribute it. And that's when it actually got a cinema release. And that's when like Roger Ebert gave his famous (laughs) review. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, But the caveat of purchasing the rights uh, to distribute it meant that he could change the title to whatever he wanted to change it to.
1: Jerry Gross organization? Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So, and he changed it to I Spit on Your Grave, which is the title of another film that already came out, like maybe within a decade prior, uh, that also features a uh, controversial rape scene. And I think his purpose was to uh, garner attention to the film because of the controversy that had followed Mm -hmm. the film of the same name. And that's actually like the name change is actually something that's kind of important to uh, some of the arguments in my thesis, because A lot of people think of exploitation as being that, like, like a like trauma porn is like Mm -hmm. another way, like, that it's exploiting violence. Um, Yeah. Like, that the subject matter is exploitative. But uh, in my research, in like researching the meaning of exploitation as film historians see it, is that exploitation typically actually refers to when marketing exploits the horror of a film okay. in order to sell tickets like we dare you to come see this movie like <laughs> everyone's throwing up and passing out like that that is what is exploitative like the yeah um, that's, but that's still poster. happening yeah isn't it? the famous poster uh you know of I spit on your grave with like Demi Moore's but on the cover and then telling you like, I dare you to come watch this movie and also changing it to a a title that is provocative rather than highlighting. So Um, that
1: that isn't the actress on the poster. That isn't the actress in the film. I didn't know, (laughs) didn't know that either.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure how, like, I think Demi Moore had like confessed or admitted to posing for that shoot oh, but i don't know if that's, like pieces of that anywhere but yeah she doesn't wear that outfit ever um that's definitely not general that's not camille keaton's
1: no i mean
0: <laughs> she's <no. laughs> a tiny little thing so yeah um, yeah so those elements to me are what like are quote-unquote exploiting the film's content to mm-hmm. like sell tickets and to me i think um that sets the stage for how someone will consume the film so i think moviegoers in 1980 when it got its wide release were like oh this this movie is like daring us to see it and it's called Mm -hmm. on your grave and there's some chick's butt on the cover like so i think moviegoers like that framed their understanding of like why the movie might have been made and so it wasn't until, like, the mid-80s when Mirrors Archie yeah. talked about his experience and things like that. So I think that's why so many people had so many, like, explosive reactions mm. to it and, like, calling it, like, misogynistic and, and mm. things like that, which... So I think it did a disservice to the film. I think I Spit on Your Grave is, like... Like, that's such, a, like, a metal name. Like, it's so hardcore, but, like... <laughs> But Day of the Woman, as far as like how I feel when I'm watching the original yeah. okay. is like such a better title to me.
1: Yeah, I mean I think they're both pretty good titles. Also, the uh the tagline is is, is I guess in terms in terms of exploitative, we're trying to uh, urge dare people to go and see the film. Uh so it says this woman has just cut, chopped, broken, and burned five men beyond recognition. But no jury in America would ever convict her. So that already you're thinking well why why wouldn't they convict her what's what the hell is happening in this film um, yeah like it, why obviously... yeah, you're like
0: why did she do that to them and why wouldn't we convict her like I think taglines like that to me also like spoil the film because I'm like I don't know like yeah I don't know <laughs> I think it's yeah, like telling what you, what you that you're gonna get it's, it's,
1: yeah because it's one of those I guess in terms of like rape revenge films, it, you know, it's essentially, it is a film of two halves, isn't it? You know, something terrible is going to happen in the first half and something will happen. It's bittersweet, I always find. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it's like, again, we, we will we will make these comparisons we get into the film, um, especially with the original, where I think just, you know, it, it does evoke such extreme reactions where you're like, ah, oh, kill them worse than that yeah fuck them up and then i think in the 2010 version like it sort of hits the proverbial nail on the head where you're like yeah that's exactly what they deserve Um, (laughs) yeah but yeah in the original you're just a bit like oh speedboat to the head that's I imagine that's i imagine that's quick and painless you know yeah (laughs) not that i've ever been in a speedboat accident um okay right we've obviously covered a few bits already but i will just jump into the standard bits of bobs that we need to cover on the show otherwise you know regular listeners are going to be like what's going on um don't (laughs) want to confuse everybody so got some horror news um for us to discuss very briefly so there's a trailer for a movie called the blackening which spoofs slasher tropes from a black perspective um don't you you saw the trailer for that this week
0: Hmm, i have not i've not seen it but i've been pretty mia because of
1: oh i see I see that's okay so this is all brand this is all brand new so I'm I'm going through like a not watching trailers um hiatus I guess watching trailers hiatus so I've not seen the trailer however it's coming out in June and it's it's coming out on Juneteenth weekend as well so Lionsgate have released it the tagline is wait where's the tagline I had the tagline so it was basically like we can all die first so obviously it seems like it's leaning heavily into a lot of the cliches surrounding slasher movies and obviously black characters. Um, it looks like a mix of Saul, it's got some meta stuff in there. So people are saying it's a bit like Scream, Cabin in the Woods with some meta stuff. Um, horror genre through an all-black lens. So it is an all-black cast as well. And yeah. It's coming out in June 2023 so that looks, that looks very interesting if you've not seen the trailer probably go and check it out not that I'm going to do that but um I'll definitely I'll definitely be watching it um and apparently it's been one of the runaway hits of the Toronto International Film Festival has been getting good reviews so yeah there we go also um another piece of news the poltergeist uh franchise is apparently going to be rev- revived by Amazon this has always been one of those franchise franchises where I'm but like, why do not we get more Portal guys? Because I know we had that remake, the remake that maybe we shouldn't mention. I don't know. Did you see that? I uh, did
0: not see the remake. I it no.
1: It was really weird. It had like Sam Rockwell in it, who I would consider not a horror film guy. Like I don't think have <laughs> he's definitely not been in anything that resembles a horror film, right?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
1: never this was 2010 as well when i feel like what, what was going on remakes were going absolutely crazy
2: off the um, <laughs> lay off
1: the remake it it wasn't good um however amazon so i don't know if this is going to be um a tv series so apparently because of oh wait it wasn't 2010 i don't know why i've imagined it was 2010 it was 2015 the poltergeist Um, remake. So apparently, Amazon have plans for Poltergeist naming the franchise as one of several MGM properties that is looking to prioritize. Um, yeah, this could be interesting. Uh, so this is very complicated by the fact that Spielberg would likely need to be involved. Just cut him loose, I reckon. Just just cut Stevie loose. He's not, (laughs) he's busy, he's got other things on. I don't know if he cares about Poltergeist, which apparently, which he did or didn't direct. Yeah.
2: Um, (laughs)
1: Well, well, well. Quite the Um, debate. (laughs) This this, this could be cool, though. I feel like it's one of those franchises that probably gets overlooked a little bit in terms of... I think the sequels aren't totally terrible.
0: I am a chronic sequel avoider. Um, It's not always intentional. I just, like, if I have a movie that I really like, sometimes I don't, like... I almost, Mm. like, purposefully avoid yeah. sequel not in this case this is wasn't like purposeful but sometimes i just like don't really i love like a movie that's just a movie mm, and yeah i i purposefully don't really see the need to like continue using the same property like add in some digits at the end of it like
2: yeah totally but,
0: but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever really even like thought about like mm. when I, I watch Poltergeist and I'm just like, yeah, that was fun. And I'm never like, oh, I should see what happened in the next oh, one. Oh, more <laughs> of that.
1: Oh, more of that. I, I'm i kind of the same where I've avoided like sequels, especially from like horror, horror franchises from like the 80s and 90s. But I think in the last maybe two or three years, I've had a bit of a resurgence where I've gone. I should really watch some of these sequels just to see, because I'm quite fascinated by the by sequels where you're like, does this need to exist? How are they going to like will it into existence, especially when characters are dead? A perfect example Return of the Living Dead, where in the sequel, Return of the Living Dead 2, two characters reappear who died in the first one with no explanation. Nobody says this is a prequel, this is taking place in a different timeline. Two characters that die are just alive. So, I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by how they come about and how willing people are to just kind of forget everything that came before certain sequels. Um, Yeah, I do find it really fascinating. But in terms of I Spit on Your Grave, I didn't even know that there was a sequel to the 2010 film, which obviously we're going to chat about. Um, Two sequels to it as well. So especially when some of them did did, did either of them get like theatrical releases
0: i don't think so if i remember correctly they i think they were like straight to video kind of things um the first one didn't particularly get a lot of praise like the remake like i don't think Mm. people enjoyed it so at least enough for me to have even thought that they would fund a sequel so I don't imagine it got a release I looked I tried looking at the box office for the remake and it was like a very small amount yeah I don't know why they made so I think
1: the budget was two million dollars and it made like half a million back which isn't like absolutely terrible the remake has got one of the weirdest castings ever as well right do you know? Do you know, you know who I mean in the in the remake? I,
0: yeah, I, I um, I had seen it before, like a long time ago, and I had only just rewatched it, particularly yeah. to take notes and and write uh, my chapter about it. And I was like, "Is that Damien from Mean Girls?" Oh my.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say, Damien. From me, no girls, recollection
0: as, of him being in it.
1: I... As in, is it you go, Glenn Coker?
0: Is that his that <laughs> yeah. it,
1: so... it So I was like, I recognise that guy, but I don't know what from. And it took uh, I reckon it took almost an entire duration until, uh, until he was getting his eyeballs pecked out. And I was like, there is no way that that is the same guy. Because it couldn't be two more polar opposite characters, right? Just
2: yeah.
1: horrific, horrible, toxic masculinity. Versus the ice spit on your grave. Now I'm just, no, yeah, I'm joking, <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Wrong way around. Um, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Um, but still, at least that goes to show that he he never got typecast because quite a popular role.
0: Maybe that was his like attempt to come out. You know, whenever like Disney and Nickelodeon stars like do like <laughs> yeah. they do the breakers you know and then they're trying to like get out
1: (laughs) Um, what what did you say did you say spring breakers
0: Breakers, yeah because it has like that's the first
1: thing i thought of as well yeah because yeah
0: there's like a a there's always the the movie that a disney or nickelodeon star tries to do to like
1: it's basically the equivalent of Christine Aguilera's dirty video yeah (laughs) where she's (laughs) just like what's that i'm a disney mickey mouse club girl Wait Wait till you see the chaps, okay? Yeah. That's it. Uh, okay, I mean, I've got one more piece of news that we could just jump. So Nosferatu. Now, the Nosferatu Robert Eggers remake of that movie, I don't think it still hasn't officially cast Willem Dafoe in it. I think that's only a rumour at this stage. But they've just cast Aaron Taylor-Johnson in it. And I don't know if he's going to be the main um, the titular vampire. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of in, uh, it's good that. Oh wait, no, Willem Dafoe has been confirmed. See, I've, I've seen conflicting things. Willem Dafoe, Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, uh, Lily oh. Rose Depp.
0: Oh gosh, are,
1: are you saying yeah? Are you saying yes I'm or no? So yeah, me? I
0: I'm a big Eggers fan. I have okay, I me, and I have uh a, a lighthouse tattoo. Oh God, you got a lighthouse so...
1: is, that an, is that an exclusive? horror film focused sleeve
0: yeah and then we're actually gonna start this one i have a midsummer one already and then we're actually oh, gonna God. tattoo black philip to cover up this this guy to right get here. black
1: philip tattooed as well
0: yeah well, but yeah so. on this arm it's a i have a couple like this one's like a tarot card um so there's like a, a couple on here that i got before oh
1: you've got you've it, got what's his name from trick-or-treat as well
0: yeah sam. i have yeah sam i have jennifer from jennifer's body uh sadako this from awesome. <laughs> michael myers i got billy um this is from haunted mansion um this rabbit is for house of a thousand corpses you know and they're like
1: run rabbit what what What? what's the uh what's the the twirly thing on your elbow oh, yeah this is for just-
0: uh, twilight zone okay oh my god this yeah, is yeah so and cool. then the heart is supposed to be like a stand-in for like tetsuo because it's like a mechanical heart
1: this is awesome Uh, we did we we covered we covered Tetsuo like uh with Amber right with Amber as well yeah so and then uh
0: my blue velvet tattoo yeah Amber is the one who got me to watch Tetsuo and I obviously loved it and I have a Tetsuo shirt I actually have a Tetsuo shirt that I'm gonna send her for her birthday so yeah well
1: (laughs) well, hopefully she won't listen to this
0: or (laughs) she just knows about it forgetting to send she knows about it
1: okay that's yeah. awesome though i feel like i've
0: sent it. mail to the uk so <laughs> 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 I, I got i just gotta take it to the but post the office answers,
1: just take it to the post office <laughs> and it'll cost a lot probably that's yeah. awesome though um i'm kind of in the process of a horror movie sleeve as well so i've currently got i've currently got a brundle fly which Ooh, is pretty
2: gruesome that's pretty it.
1: tasty and uh, i mean i've got a shirt on i don't want to start derobing but I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, man, how embarrassing this could potentially be, looking back to it. Um, <laughs> and and I've also. I didn't think we were going to go this far. um And I've got um some stuff from the thing. So some monstrous, horrible. Do, do you know? Do you know the part in the thing where the two faces are fused together?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, love. It's that.
1: basically it's basically that, but like with loads of extra um tentacles and stuff, and then that guy. I love it. The, the spider head.
0: I love um, Yeah, the thing is the first movie I remember watching, actually. Oh wow. Okay. Like four years old. First... Yeah. Four, four
1: years old.
0: Yep. So my dad, my dad is the reason <laughs> I'm like this. So he showed it to me. He was like, it's fine. You can watch it. It's fine. It's, uh, it's, a little nice. it's fine.
1: I was terrified of the VHS cover of the thing. I couldn't even look at that, let alone the film.
0: Yeah, it, it was yeah. just on. It, yeah, it was just on, and I it woke me up, and so I came out, and he was like, "Yeah, c- come, come a sit, come watch this movie with me." And I'm like, mm, "I that looks like a movie that mom would be mad like if you let me watch it." And he was like, "No, s- just come sit." That's fine. And he then said... that's when, that's when the dog turned into, you know, the dog split open.
2: Oh, yeah, the poor dog.
0: so that's great memory. So he's the reason I'm like this. <laughs>
1: we've all got to blame somebody every time
0: i show him a movie that traumatizes him
1: all oh, right okay revenge <laughs> uh, okay that i mean that is it that is it for news the next part of the show is what we've been watching so i guess we could just chat about anything you've watched um it only have to be a couple of examples maybe from like the last week or so i'm pretty sure that i've got a couple of things that may- maybe you've seen i'm not sure i think you've seen one of them um so is there anything you've seen in the last seven days that It could be longer than that. It's your first time on the show. Um,
0: Yeah, well, the last few weeks have been mostly like both Last House on the Left, both I Spit on Your Graves. I watched both Straw Dogs versions. Yeah,
1: of course. I went to a screening
0: of Irreversible. Um, I'm going to another screening (sighs) of Irreversible tomorrow. Did you
1: happen to just go and see Irreversible while you were also watching all these films? Or was it...
0: Um, well the um it it came together well because the straight cut is uh getting a little like Mm. run around some theaters uh which is like the film recut to be chronological uh so because it's out the like art house cinema i usually go to is was also showing the original um and i was like i should go see that on the big screen um, and Ooh. you know and it kind of ties in with the movies I've been watching and then tomorrow I'm gonna go see the straight cut uh, with the co-host of my podcast Carnal Extremities and uh, oh, wow, Gaspar okay. Noise doing like the intro and like a and a actually so that's pretty exciting
2: seriously um, well like
0: yeah so... and then I also watched Secretary for the first time with James Spader.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was like, that
0: was the like de stressing after watching Irreversible. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's what I've been watching. Lots. Of...
1: Yeah. So, something consensual, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sort uh, of.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess well, I say that. It's been a long time since I've seen Secretary. <laughs> um, I remember going into that thinking it was going to be something completely different. I don't know why but for some reason somebody told me it was a like a romantic comedy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i well so, uh... i watched it yeah people were kind of talking about it um because of valentine's day and such and uh mm. i had only seen james spader as robert california in the office until okay <laughs> uh, like last month uh i watched crash cronenberg's crash and i was like yes Yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. So then I watched Secretary and then I the I was like, oh no again. Was...
1: What what a pair of roles for like James Spader to be associated with as well. Like Secretary yeah. and and Crash, considering like obviously yeah, you said you know him from the office, but is it, he's in like a sort of crime drama. What's that thing called? Where he's
0: got a can't
1: remember. But he's kind of like a, a, a detective. I think a lot of people are gonna know him from that
0: yeah cool. my mom my mom was like well yeah of course he's in those roles he was like you know the the bad rich popular boy snooty boy like grown up and i was like what are you talking about because she's like she was talking about like when robert downey jr was young and all that like because he's in like pretty and pink and stuff and yeah yeah so i guess yeah. to her that was like yeah of course that's what mm. he would do like what because mm. obviously Coming from two different generations of his career, but yeah, so that was interesting. That was fun. Watched Crash like the week I got into a car accident. So that was also. Oh my
1: God, no way! Yeah, not a bad one. I hope no,
0: <laughs> no, no. It was i was a. Uh, I'm fine. Just I don't have a car now, but oh. that's besides the point. But
1: and you watched you watched Crash to de stress after. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> just to, just a de-stress after that yeah then. i don't know yeah that's good uh i mean that is a really interesting load of films to have been watching mm-hmm. um but but then again whatever whatever helps you de-stress i find sometimes some super extreme not just obviously these are different extreme types of films but sometimes really extreme sort of horror movies and uh Films with loads of gore can can help you de-stress. They're they're comforting in that way. Yeah, I uh, I
0: posted my letterboxed like log and and some people like commented like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like,
2: and you're like, I mean, ne-
1: I never I, better. You
0: want to hear the real answer, but no, yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's not get into the real answer. I'm okay. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about me. Um so my, my view in this week hasn't been anywhere near as, as intense as that. However, I've seen a few a couple of like new releases that I kind of wanted to see as well. So I've seen I saw Cocaine Bear because why not? Um it was like a lot more of a comedy than I was kind of expecting. I, I, from the trailer I kind of saw okay, it's gonna be a, a comedy. Kind of expected it to be a bit darker in terms of comedic stuff, and but there is a lot of gore, which I kind of didn't necessarily expect either like appendages being ripped off uh lots of blood and and fret and you know there were some good laughs as well um that is definitely a good de stress film 90 minutes of just um uh silly. a bear rather up very <laughs> silly very very silly um so i also watched a movie called unwelcome which i swear i've seen like the trailer for Probably about two years ago. Well, was, you know, sometimes a film you're just like, why has this not been released yet? And apparently, so it is a fairly new release. Um, and as a cons, do you know anything about this at all? Mm. I, this is the weird thing, right? I feel like I don't want to spoil it, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure the poster is a spoiler. Mm. <laughs> just, just from looking at the poster. So, I think it's fairly common knowledge that it's basically killer goblins. Hmm. So, yeah so um uh, a couple who live in london have like a traumatic experience and they move to a cottage in ireland and yeah various various things lead up to the fact that they need to make um these sacrifices or not sacrifices as such but like offerings to to these little red what I call red caps which i don't actually know if they're actual goblins So kind of like just little Creepy little fairy people. Um, I really loved the concept, but execution, not good, unfortunately. Took absolutely ages for there to be any sort of reveal in terms of what the, the creatures were. Just some really badly written characters as well, just people who just really <laughs> getting on my nerves.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: and I think, yeah. But I guess kind of watchable, and like in a way it stars, uh, who does it star? Stars that guy who I don't recognise in anything else apart from that Motley Crew movie, Douglas Booth, Douglas <laughs> Booth. He was he was the one who paid Nikki Six possibly, um and Hannah John Kamen, who I do really like, but she keeps appearing in bad films, so <laughs> she needs to just I don't know get a new agent or something. She was we in did, the yeah. Resi- she was in the she was in the Resident Evil movie, the Welcome to Raccoon City one, as Jill Valentine, which unfortunately I didn't didn't enjoy at all. um but yeah, she's great. And everything she's in, I just think she's great. She just really needs a really good role to 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 get her teeth into. And the only <laughs> i not selling it, sorry, I'm not always this negative. And the only other thing I saw was the Outwaters, which I saw today. And I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, you saw in, in theaters, right?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I saw it in theaters the weekend it came out and it was wild i love
1: yeah. it <laughs> i'm not quite sure if i love it not yet anyway it might yeah again i, I, w- I have any i've only saw it today i didn't see it in theaters so you know i imagine the theater experience is probably quite different
0: yes it was like the fact that it's so dark and it's like so loud which some of the like sounds like i would almost consider i don't want to say cheap jump scares but like some of the sounds didn't need to be so like
1: screeching
0: yeah lots of screeching but uh yeah i um not a lot of things affect me Uh, Mm -hmm. i mean not to sound like a edgelord or anything but i mean you know we just talked about what i've been watching lately and uh i like My stomach did not feel good after watching that movie. Not like because I'm squeamish, okay, but like okay. the like feeling of unknowable dread. <laughs> like mm. um, I like cosmic horror a lot. I had just watched The Void like a couple days beforehand. Oh, so oh, okay. some, some other, you know, technical tech tentacle creatures and and such. Oh, yeah. So it was a, that was like a nice little like pairing. I guess you hmm. could say. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I'm, interested I'm not sure. Where he goes next to these films. So.
1: Yeah. I'm not entirely sure at the moment. I think I need to kind of um, give it some more thought. Maybe watch some... I mean, I hate doing this because I feel like it's the easy way out. But like, <laughs> watching videos where you're like, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. Faults and theories regarding that because I was a little bit unsure. Did you see *Skinner merink as well?
0: I I did. I saw that in theaters also. Um, see,
1: because that's the thing. I think *Skinner Rink* and *Outwaters* haven't got the, like cinema releases in the UK, so there was no opportunity yeah. to do that. How How did you feel about that one?
0: I, an another one. I I really loved it. Um, okay. I. I like analog horror. Like my sister and mm. I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. So his his YouTube. Yeah, it felt stuff. like
1: that, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it started off as a YouTube short, didn't it? Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I have a lot of thoughts and theories about what is happening, uh, right. in that movie. Uh, it's also like because of what I my theories are, like it's weirdly relatable. Like. I yeah. think okay. maybe I, like I talked to another friend about it and she was like yeah it's just about like it it's for kids who whose parents got divorced <laughs> or have like an alcoholic or abusive parent or something like that you know the feeling of like going and grabbing your sister and like going and sitting mm. in front of the tv and like let's not talk about mom or I don't know where dad is you know like yeah, that kind
1: of that, that sort of escape yeah yeah like, so
0: uh... you got me I nightmares also i i used to have a reoccurring nightmare that was very much like everything that this movie is and like the feeling of staring
2: wow, okay. into
0: the corner because i'm too scared to look into the darkness and like um i very specifically oh, had nightmares about like a, a a like a shadow figure coming out from under my bed so like when the dad was like <laughs> Don't look up <under> at the bed, <laughs> but um. So the worst in that way, ASMR. Uh, because it's so personal, I think that's why it's so divisive. Mm. Of course, like not everyone had my childhood or had my reoccurring nightmares. So obviously, that's... it might ring. When we
1: covered it on the show. That was kind of uh. Sorry, sorry. Finish that point. Yeah,
0: of, yeah, I, I just, just think it. maybe not everyone will resonate, but also like stylistically, if you are not into analog horror it's just not gonna i think capture your attention i guess
1: (laughs) yeah i think that was what our our thoughts on it were we covered on the show a a few weeks ago and we kind of said if this resonates with you or it kind of evokes you know a a memory from your past or um something like that it's really really going to work for you if it doesn't do that i think it's going to be really really difficult to to get into it and i feel with someone who i really like <laughs> it sounds stupid i don't want to i don't want to say something that sounds this stupid however plot is very important to me um hmm. and the fact that it's a very loose idea of what like a plot is i guess sure there's something there there's something to to sort of hang the story on however um yeah in terms of like character work is very loose so yeah for hmm. me it didn't necessarily work but it's definitely something i like to return to eventually and i think i felt a little bit like that with the outwaters even though sure there's, there's a little bit more going on um very extreme in terms of sound and and sight as well but i really liked all of the stuff that was like in daylight because i feel like any sort of daylight horror midsummer is, is a perfect example of that it does evoke a certain certain feeling in me um
0: and like the deserts like that are pretty close to where i live so wow okay. um, i see yeah like my like i am more towards like the ie but like yeah it's everything around me is dirt so mm. like that's always fun in a way i guess like having um like this it was set and filmed like pretty co- like i could drive there so i think wow. that's like okay. kind of fun i think watching certain movies yeah. but, I, t- but I, t- yeah. I totally understand yeah analog mm-hmm. horror as far as like Skinner it like yeah, plot is not a thing <laughs> so no, uh, no, no. it's like yeah it you have to really you have to really want to be invested in order to like mm-hmm. follow it but even then it's still gonna challenge it um it could be like twenty minutes shorter like that's I loved it to death, but it yeah. could, it was only really long. I feel like-
1: when you're in a theater as well like it's so much easier to be invested because you know you're not gonna just randomly get your phone out and, and, and Google who's in it or who made it um yeah. whereas when you're at home watching it maybe you're a bit more tempted to do that even if you're more tempted to Google what the hell's happening yeah. um because sometimes I'll do that but again it's bad <laughs> yeah. but like if you're watching a film and you're like I'm a bit confused as to what just happened I'm just gonna look yeah. on Wikipedia very quickly just so I can sort of so do I do can it all understand what's happening for this next sequence for example um but yeah i totally un- i completely understand that i feel like if something feels close to home in mm-hmm. that way well like, i could drive there and watch that um unfolding in front of me that is very scary i mean perfect example for me 28 days later which is filmed on digital set in the uk it fit like Motorways in the UK, ev- like blo- blocks of flats, it is so so like that is the perfect representation of what the UK is actually like, apart from the rage, rage fueled zombie people. So I've and even the that, about-
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like it's, gr-
1: it's grimy, it's grimy, and it's kind of like everything just feels a bit like, yeah, it, that is the perfect example of that because it that film hit me so hard, and. I had nightmares for weeks and weeks on end just because it felt like I could open my door and it would be there.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I love I love that movie. Um yeah, I think yeah. maybe like it's it's hard, I guess, being someone from Southern California and like that's where Hollywood is and that's where all the like yeah. studios are, and like I can I the amount of times I've been on the studio tour at Universal and like oh, okay. sometimes i think not that i i'm not from la but i'm like an hour away or something like sometimes i think i take for granted the um recognizability of settings in film mm-hmm. um but yeah so i think that's interesting. and which is also interesting because i recently wa- rewatched 28 days later like maybe a couple months ago and wow okay i i like knew i knew it was British like I knew that you know but like yeah when I was re-watching it because I don't think I had re-watched it since being like maybe in like middle school or high school um, my mm-hmm. friend and I used to watch zombie movies every week um, and I was like wow this is very like uh, like this is very this is its identity is not just its setting but it's very much about like about like the uk itself and i i was like this interesting yeah, i agree i think, think it's
1: about... uh, honestly one of the best representations of the uk set to f- put to film and it's about an apocalyptic horrible um zombie rage <laughs> virus but yeah yeah because because sometimes like especially when th- here's a perfect example i keep saying this i'm sorry here's a perfect example of the uk <laughs> represented badly so I've not actually seen this show, but but my my partner does watch it. So do you know the show? So obviously, the show Um, no, you, you, hmm. which is on Netflix about the. I'm not sure what. The I know name
0: of it, is. but I have not watched it.
1: I've never seen it. However, the third series of you, this character who's been established as is living in the US for so long, has moved to the UK, where he's like living in. Kensington in the middle of London and uh, he's going to, he's studying at a university. Um, <laughs> it's like this, the, the most cliched over-the-top version of like what London is is looked, is looked seen through the eyes of somebody who's not from London. Now, I know these things happen, you know, if a British filmmaker was making something set in the US there so are probably loads and loads of mistakes like that. But for yeah. that, it's like <laughs> I, I did say, I said the UK isn't like that. The UK is like 28 Days Later. Just go and watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting also thinking about like being someone who's so invested in like the context of a film. I was also uh, very conscious of the fact when I rewatched 28 Days Later, like a couple months ago, that I was like, I don't know anything about their politics. <laughs> like I know um, Amber has mentioned like, her gripes with uh like Eden Lake, and um mm. like oh, when man. I watch Eden Lake, it just makes me think of the way like Southern America is just like yeah hills and highs and wrong turn and you know mm. Texas chainsaw and a bunch of hicks you know so I think watching it. Yeah, uh, like I'm just watching it and I'm like, oh, Michael Fassbender is so cute. But then I'm like, oh, I don't think I ever really considered like the fact that I have no idea. Like, like I, I'm listening to the radio in the beginning, hearing them talk mm. politics about, you know, what's wrong with the kids these days, but like not actually having lived there, like it doesn't like
2: yeah. mean Do much mean, more uh,
0: that I guess it- if that makes sense. So I think that's interesting there's probably an incredible about.
1: amount of parallels between like the US and the UK in terms of par- in yeah terms of politics. but it's
0: like so uh like it's so saturated in like American horror films like exploitation is such a big mm. thing that like I think it's uh yeah like I don't care like I uh yeah. it's obviously I think it like has problematic elements like I mean, Eden, so so... I think for people, but like, but I think it's because it's so saturated and like so foundational to the horror genre, it's like taken for granted. And so I don't ever think about like my personal relationship to those politics as much. Whereas, like, one of the
1: Eden Lake is an extreme. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. You're you're okay. You're okay. Eden Lake is, sure, an extreme example, an extreme version of something that's rooted in reality. Like, okay. sure, the behavior of these people maybe seems a bit over the top, and, you know, the fact that somebody's, like, inherently evil and would commit su- such evil acts. But as somebody who's from, like, I guess, um, a, a, a background where I've been around those sort of people again not inherently evil but yes people who would probably like we've all been i've definitely been in situations like that where i feel very uncomfortable and you know and families even like families that that um he he sort of comes from sure again a really probably negative react uh negative portrayal of a family like that but i don't think it's terribly far from from reality um i've yeah. So I think I I would also say Eden Lake is a, also another good example. Sure there are plenty of gripes that I probably got with it. Um particularly the actor who plays the, the the sort of young bastard. What's his name? I can't remember what his name is. No yeah, I, yeah,
0: yeah. it's like I, like I said, like I live near like everything's dirt and all there is to do here is like do drugs and get in trouble and <laughs> you know like there's still like everybody has their trump signs out and whatever so it's like even still however many years later so it's like yeah like that is when i watched that movie it reminds me of home so like you know i'm like oh those kids are every kid down my down my block so I think that's interesting, maybe. Like, so, which almost, like, I don't want to say, like, is a blinder in a way, but then because I'm like, oh, that's so relatable, like, I think it's almost interesting that it's like, oh, wait, that's a whole different country with a whole different politics. Like, why are these kids' lives so relatable to hmm. mine? So that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's weird, weird, I'm sure I'm...
0: weird tangent about,
1: yeah. British. And I'm sure, like, UK politics, like, it probably, it it reacts a lot to u.s politics i always feel like sometimes things happen in u.s politics that i feel like uh maybe oh that was a couple of months ago in the uk that was very front and center um Mm -hmm. and then or maybe maybe the other way around as well like the uk seems to react to certain things that happen in 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 u.s politics as well and a lot of things that happen in u.s politics are big talking points in the uk as well um
0: yeah we have with globalization and like you know, all that is like we have such a like influence. I don't say that in like a like conceited way, but like yeah, I think the U.S. is always like so on blast, and like everyone has like what's going on in the U.S. like yeah. shoved throats all the time. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: definitely. And- um, but yeah, that there are they're all they're always parallels, and I think you know a lot of people in the U.K. can often say things like, "Oh, it's not as bad as it is in the U.S." And I and I always go, it's not far off, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say it was far off. Um, there are people there are people in power who probably would make certain big decisions that, that are very similar to big decisions being made in the U.S. Um, you know, abortion law, trans mm-hmm. rights, things like that. I don't think the people in power in the U.K. aren't capable of making those sort <laughs> of decisions. So I would say it's not all that different. Um mm-hmm okay that was a tangent but yeah um, quite the tangent we love we love a tangent on on this show there's nothing wrong with that um usually very like uk specific tangents we go on so it's good to be able to go off on a tangent that kind of covers something internationally as well but today we're going to be talking about so we're going to be talking about um I Spit on Your Grave. We're going to talk about the original 1978 movie, but also leaning into the 2010 remake as well. If you listened to the show before, you may have heard we've done some sort of remakes versus original episodes. We did The Last House on on the left. Um, We've done My Bloody Valentine. We've done The Amityville Horror. So this is going to be a similar format to that. So, I Spit on Your Grave, which was originally titled Day of the Woman, is a 1978 American rape and revenge Film written and directed by Miyazaki. Zarki. Is that correct? I think I, I, always so. say... I hear
0: some people say Zarki and some people say Zarchi, but I've never heard anyone <laughs> tell me definitively what it is. Yeah,
1: I always say, I always say difficult to pronounce names with a question mark on the end, just so people know that maybe i'm not sure um so the film tells the story of jennifer hills a fiction writer based in new york city who exacts revenge on each of her tormentors after four men gang rape and leave her for dead one kind of question i did have about this and other things is it i mean i guess it's common or is it completely um true to say that rape revenge movies are usually always directed by men
0: Uh, yeah, so far, uh, there are exceptions. Um, -hmm. there's a couple like early, like I think bad girls or something like that. There's a couple like really early in the 70s, and I think like gator bait, I think like stuff like that. There's like sprinkled in, Mm -hmm. but most of the time, it's men, and that's exactly why I was interested in the topic in the first place, uh, writing about it. Um, like there's, so there, like I said, there's a few sprinkled in and like only recently have I seen or perceived an uptick in female directed, or at least, uh, the ratio of male to female directed, like with Mm. Revenge and MFA both came out the same year and they were both by directed by a woman. Violation mm. directed by co-directed I think by women and then uh, Promising Young Woman is more of like a thriller I guess not really horror yeah. but also directed by a woman so like recently it's like a little bit more exclusively but yeah especially in the mm-hmm. 70s mostly men
1: yeah um, and then of course the 2010 American remake which was directed by Stephen R Monroe and obviously, it's based on the original um film as well. I've got some uh so some of the ratings we've got across the board on here. So the original's got five point six on IMDb, <clears throat> the, the remake six point two, rotten tomatoes 51% critic score for the original, 40% audience score, and the remake 31% critic score, 47% audience score. And the letterbot scores are fairly similar: 2.8 out of 5 for the original, 2.6 for the remake I've got a couple of choice reviews here from Letterboxd Rat Bastard says <laughs> who knows who Rat Bastard is going around reviewing Uh, reviewing these films notorious exploitation slash revenge flick, gritty, brutal, disturbing, hopeless repellent, uncompromising I think I agree with all of those but he's only given it two stars, he or she I don't know how Rat Bastard identifies um, Stacy Bates says She did that. Three and a half stars. She did. Uh, And Paulana Sawyer says, The exploitation film and perhaps one of the most misunderstood movies ever. Camille Keaton's performance is on par with Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she's gone straight in and given it five stars. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, a nice cross section there. It does seem, from looking at the reviews... People kind of stand in one place or another, which is like, this is horrible. Why would this, why would anybody like this film? It's disgusting. It's difficult to watch. Um, and other people are just like, you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. Uh, it, I would say, like, the reviews calling it the most misunderstood, I think, is spot mm-hmm. on. And that's exactly why the reviews are so flip-floppy, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it
1: starts. So Camille Keaton's Jennifer Hills. Um I was just thinking, is she the own, only woman? Oh no, the, I was gonna say is she the only woman in the movie, but obviously there are some, some smaller roles. Um a lot there it's interesting that this film also shows a lot of the women in the lives of what just one particular character, but one of the criminals as well, and this is really, really, this is done in uh, very, very interestingly. I believe in the in the remake as well. Yeah. Um, now the remake throws something else into the mix, which is somebody in a position of authority
0: mm-hmm.
1: also um, participating in in the crimes. Which, how did you feel about that being? Was that just like an, another level to this already? you know horrific scenario
0: yeah i think it's interesting um it's one of those things where you know obviously i don't really know what their real intention was but my what i have uh pinpointed is so the early films like like last house the the cops almost have like like clown music behind their scenes like they're so literally
1: do have clown music don't they
0: (laughs) 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 it's very like silly and um i think yeah the 70s were very much uh a period like following vietnam and like counterculture hippie movement it was very much like questioning the institutions that are in place and like i i would say poking fun um Mm -hmm. whereas like like i spit on your grave the original one like it's not even they're not even present there's no law enforcement like it's never necessarily attempted i guess to uh approach law enforcement with what happened and
1: because that's one of the things where you know somebody watching that might say why doesn't she um, it approached law enforcement to call the police in it whereas in the remake it sort of shows you exactly why she didn't um, yeah so and I would the... say
0: like what I what I pretty much theorize is that it's uh, it's trying to be much more damning of law enforcement uh, I think in line with what Mirrors Archie's actual intention was with the original the like not just that law enforcement or the legal system doesn't help survivors but it also plays a role in traumatizing survivors or re-traumatizing survivors or even perpetuating violence and you know obviously more recently we've become so much more aware of like police brutality and things like that so I think it's like yeah they're not only are they useless and like catching people who do these things but they are also doing these things (laughs) um so i think that's actually like one of the thing like i think the remake's pretty like mid and but i think that is one of the specific things about the remake that is its most redeeming quality like that's such that's such a like i don't want to say ballsy but like that's a pretty big uh like accusation to make at you know the law enforcement in your, you know
1: (laughs) but also that was something that films in i I reckon from like 2005 maybe through to 2000 and uh, actually right up to i was gonna say up to get out maybe Mm -hmm. up to get out where these films put this person in a situation and then very early on in the movie they give the main character what seems to be a way out suddenly safety is presented to them um and you think, well, this is only like thirty minutes into the movie, but you know, so, yeah. suddenly they're safe. Well, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen now. And then that safety, um, suddenly becomes becomes a threat as well. And then I just, I I do I really like that. I think that's a yeah. a good sort of um fake out, I guess, in a way. Um, but yeah, also in the remake and in the original, very interesting how we sort of. It tries to like now. Obviously, bear in mind, take from this what you will, and of course, add to this or 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 shut it down however you like. Um, it kind of like attempts to humanize some of these characters in a way that like media does treat like the perpetuate um, the people who commit like sexual assaults. You know, a lot of people it will go. This person was uh, a swimmer. He was absolutely, and then suddenly he's committed this terrible crime. Swim yeah. or a person, person from a, a a lovely background, or or they'll have like a character witness who sort of says, "This guy was lovely. Um, he's done all these horrible things." And in a way, the media like pushes that narrative of trying to like humanize these people while also, at the same time, dehumanizing the victim. And I feel like this film and the remake and the original kind of did that, where it's like oh, this guy's committed these terrible, terrible acts, however, but look, he's a loving father. He's a loving husband. Um, Almost, I mean, it wouldn't do that for, for, I'd I'd say, almost everybody who would watch this movie, obviously, because you see them, you see the acts unfold in front of you. But it's an interesting kind of decision to make as well, because it really does show that these people just exist in society, um, participate in society in this way, but are still very capable of these kind of things.
0: Yeah. I, that's something I like about the, Um, like when I, in my, you know, each chapter I am pairing, I spent on a grave with last house on the left. So that's one of those things where I think um, last house is so foundational, but what really like the way the, genre like or subgenre progresses i think that is it's one of those things where it's like a double-edged sword where you can read it as being kind of like um you know like you said like humanizing in the way that like we excuse uh you know people who commit these crimes like it's often in media used as like a like oh but he has such a bright future and you know Mm -hmm. like in that way but i think it's i personally like that they are humanized um Mm -hmm. like when put side by side with like krug and the you know the guys from last house on the left because uh 70s that's when second wave feminism was you know really uh challenging the popular understandings of rape at the time and because for so long things like marital rape were not recognized and things like that like the idea that date rape could happen and it was like not Hmm. recognized at all so um a lot of the critiques of early films are that like um every rapist is this crazy criminal that just has this like they're these rabid you Mm -hmm. know humans that have no thoughts and things like that versus like no like your your husband your brother your dad Mm -hmm. you know your police officer your mayor your boss they could be doing those things you know and i think that because that's you know where they were kind of coming from there's like this Myth, like this stranger danger myth, which I think this still falls under because it's still, a yeah. uh, game rape that happens in the forest and not like films like recently yeah. Violation, where it's like someone you're actually personally, uh, close to, but, but it's very much trying to be like, no, these are just like regular dudes who just thought they had nothing better to do. They're you know they're not like criminal masterminds or anything. <laughs>
1: They're definitely not criminal masterminds, in yeah. any sense of the word. And it's also one of those things where you think, is this the first time they've done this? You know, or, or if it isn't, how many people have they done it to before? The fact that they're so willing to just, I mean, I guess not kill somebody, kind of like palm off the actual act of murder to somebody who's perhaps not entirely capable of of making a... of, of, of sign mind. You know, he's definitely mentally mentally um disabled um so yeah it's a it's a very like yeah very harrowing watch um for anybody isn't it
2: mhm
0: yeah i think that's a yeah one of the things that really like is probably why it was such a um divisive or controversial mm-hmm. like i think that's one of the things that roger Ebert, like, points out in his negative review of the film, like that they are normal guys and that like, the men in the theater were like identifying with them, and I'm like, that's not, uh, that's not a condemnation of the film, Roger. That is, that is a condemnation of the men you're sitting in the theater with. Like, Roger
1: Ebert called it a vile bag of garbage.
0: Yeah,
1: um, he's uh, a... so yeah, he, he didn't that. enjoy it, he didn't enjoy <laughs> it, uh, one bit, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. The thing is, it must have been, I can't even imagine, like, what we've been like watching it in theaters in the 70s as well. Like, it just it would yeah. have affected everybody in such a different way that, like, you have to, like, perspective for the fact that it would take that standpoint and, and sort of be such a divisive, but also, and it, again, evoking, I keep saying this, but evoking such an extreme reaction from people. Um, yeah. Some people would probably be also like... Also,
0: like, just as upset that a woman cheered for Jennifer as he was of yeah. uh, men cheering for the rapist. So I'm like, the fact that you equate those two crimes is like... I, yeah, that's, It's an interesting thing to pop. It's an
1: interesting take, Roger. And it's interesting that you put it to print. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Forever.
0: He went on like a he went on like a smear campaign. Like he and uh the other guy from that he did reviews with like went on like television to like mm. be like this is what's wrong with our country. Like they're putting they're like women are like naked on film and like they they went on like a whole moral crusade about it so
1: <laughs> and again parallels with current society yeah. as well like yeah the moral crusades you know um yeah. when they're when they're crime when they're crimes committed often the arts get sort of dragged into into anything you know it was mm-hmm. the video games it was the violent movies it was the extreme music and all that stuff it was heavy metal in the 80s uh <laughs> but yeah it feels like we're just reliving the same sort of things over and over again. But it's still interesting to look back on yeah. and how and how they were affected. So, the film starts with short story writer Jennifer Hill. She lives in Manhattan. She rents an isolated cottage in Connecticut near the who's who who's the Tonic River in Litchfield County to write her first novel. Um, I mean, even like the, in terms of really. I hate it when they read out bits of her book as well.
0: Oh, my um, gosh. I think that's, like, almost, like, I don't want to say worse. Like, that sounds bad. But, like, that's what gets me. Like, after all that, you had to, like, mm-hmm. tear her down. Like, tear her writing down. Like, that, like, made me so upset.
1: <laughs> that definitely solidified the hate, I think. Like, the hate was there. um, But, yeah, that solidified it. Because that's just, like, oh, it's just so so humiliating for for the for absolutely added insult to injury. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah she arrives in in the town and she stops to get some gas, uh which is really cheap because 1978. What was it like? <laughs> fill fill the fill the tank up for like two dollars or something like that. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> um and it's a two so there's a gas station manager guy who is Johnny, that's correct, isn't it? And then Stanley and Andy are the two. See because I watched the because I watched the remake like the most recently, even though I pretty much watched them back to back. I can only picture them at the moment. Um, there's one guy like Dungarees. Um uh yeah, okay. And then that is when she has her groceries delivered by Matthew Duncan. Who it says here mildly mentally disabled. Um I didn't even know you could get groceries delivered in 1978. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hang on a minute, I don't think I could get my anything delivered to me when I was when I was a kid, like in the eighties and nineties. 1978 doing deliveries, could
0: I yeah. Just, uh... that, now they just charge you like a million fees to to deliver it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know that's in. Un- have... I guess maybe like small town like grocery. Yeah. I guess. In the setting of the film, I guess it kind of makes sense that maybe mm. like the milkman would come put milk on yeah. your door. Or I don't know. Who yeah. <laughs> knows?
1: Is that is that a detail in the in the remake? This included? I don't think it is. Is it? They kind of just happen. He to... uh,
0: he fixes her toilet. He's like a handyman. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. That's right,
0: uh, yeah. that the guy who's renting it to her. I guess hires. Yeah. I guess. Um, Yeah, another way to introduce him separately to her, but yeah, not with groceries.
1: But it's the same sort of scenario where she is a novelist who is basically traveling to this place to work on her next book or first book in privacy. Um, But yeah, I guess so many kind of fears will be touched upon in this scenario, which is obviously strange... Yeah, the, the, there's there's lots of difficult difficult things to discuss here. The fact that they are clearly like goading her in a way, or got, I guess it's like stalking her to try and make her feel very uncomfortable. Um, and then obviously it just it descends it descends from there. But yeah, so Matthew Duncan he reports back to the other three men who are just like bumming about, useless useless guys throwing a knife at the ground, <laughs> just. How'd you pass? how you pass the time here in a uh, Litchfield County? I was throw a knife at the ground for five, for eight hours a day.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Um, and then reports back to them. He tells them about Jennifer. Does he say it says there in the Wikipedia descriptions claiming he saw her breasts? Does he say that? I what's the scenario where he'd, where where he thought that?
0: I think like maybe because she's not wearing a bra that like mm. he could see. Through her shirt, maybe I don't know. I think that was, mm. yeah. I guess I, she's also wearing like little shorts and stuff. Um, so I think I maybe a... that's the imp- implication. Because I think this also like thinking about like the seventies and stuff. Like that's when like we started the whole like
2: mm.
0: burn your bra thing, and yeah. So she's almost like a very like new type of woman, like newly independent. Yeah newly wearing short shorts and no bra kind of thing
1: newly independent but new, like confident enough to just be on her own in this in this scenario in a, in a new town um and that probably is initially what that the, the small the people from that small town find strange the fact that she's there alone um and of course there's a lot made about what she's wearing not just about what she's wearing in this scene but later on when she's wearing a bikini um which kind of like, doubles down on the idea that these men are, are sort of making excuses for the, the acts that they're about to commit by um, claiming, you know, based on what she's wearing, that she's essentially asking for it, which is what they're saying, isn't it? Um, Yeah, so first of all, they start, like, just cruising by the cottage in their boat, and prowling around the house at night, all like, really, really odd behaviour for for anyone, let alone, like, Three men, um, mm-hmm. and when a, when a woman's on her own as well. So yeah, um, when so did, did they like? What did they do around the house in the fir- in the first instance? Because obviously it's a it's a lot different in the remake because they pretty much just like forced their way in immediately, don't they?
0: Yeah, I think it was like just sounds or something like yeah, rustling yeah, yeah. or something hitting the house. It was something like small. Like I think she just heard stuff going on and i remember her like coming out of the house to like see what's outside but yeah i don't think they did anything further No, they kind of
1: lurking out in the in the remake after the kind of toilet fix so she like kisses no
0: yeah is that yeah i mean even
1: that even that i was a bit like
0: yeah, that's kind I, of like, I like, a strange no, decision, what? right? It's like, I mean, I, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. That's like invading his personal space. That's yeah. like a very says, weird thing to do.
1: She rewards him with an abrupt kiss of gratitude. Do you think that's just because she sees him as like maybe possibly having some sort of, of learning disability that she thinks perhaps he'd appreciate that more in some way or that she feels in a way that obliged to the, it's, it's a strange decision isn't it even for like I I almost
0: I don't know yeah it was very weird but I guess I I almost read it as like infantilizing him like yeah because of his um i guess what they're posing as like disability like hmm. she almost treats him like he's a kid like you know if a little kid did something for you you'd give him a little little ruffle his little hair on his head or something you know like i think like it felt like that she was like oh thank you so much like sweet thanks boy for thanks
1: for fixing my toilet
0: yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah it was it was it seemed weird to me Another... like i i could only imagine it was because she saw him as innocent but i don't know he's still a grown man <laughs> yeah it's kind of
1: strange <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing like that in the original. She kind of just um talks to doesn't she say to him about being his friend? I think she sort of says that. Yeah, um, like, again, well, yeah like maybe like Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he kind of like almost talks about his problems in a way to her, doesn't he? He opens up to her. Um there's an in- obviously an interesting incident which happens in the remake which is when um the gas station attendant dude, I guess his Johnny, he kind of does make a pass at at Je- at Jennifer, and she pretty much well, she just flat out um, rejects him. Which, interestingly, I mean, nothing like that tends to happen. It seems like a completely um out of the blue attack in, in the nineteen seventy eight version. Whereas this one, even though this is obviously a a bruised ego, um the the male ego being being bruised, and obviously he feels a need to like teach her a lesson in a, in a way. So at least there's like a jump jumping off point in the remake, which kind of tries to make you understand the reasons behind these terrible actions.
0: Yeah, I'm not really a fan of, of that. Um, it's interesting because things like her, she dresses a lot more, um, I don't want to say conservatively, but it's just like, because she's just wearing like pants and mm. a shirt or whatever, like whatever. A casual outfit so she's not like necessarily dressed revealing so it's interesting that the like instead of a simple fixation on the mm-hmm. visibility of her body that it that it's like some sort of actual perceived wrongdoing like yeah very is it, it very much in my opinion like tries to give motive Yeah. Like like you said, like try to understand Mm. where he's coming from, which I think is odd to do. But at the same time, he did make a pass at her first. So
1: is it because um, she she um, kind of like rejects him, but like in front of of his of his friends and they kind of like laugh? And you could tell in terms of like the power dynamic going on in that group he's clearly what he's what he would consider the alpha male in that scenario so the fact that he's kind of been humiliated in that way immediately I'm someone who's clearly obviously already got a chip on their shoulder when it comes to when it comes to their interactions with with the opposite sex he's already kind of like um willing to w- willing to pretty much do anything now to 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 punish her i guess and hu- and humiliate her like she humiliated him but in a completely warranted way I guess
0: yeah I would say maybe I guess an interesting way to think about it might be again like the context of like in the original like it's already quite wild that a woman would just go stay somewhere by herself I guess Mm -hmm. like I think that already the idea of an independent woman itself was so like jarring that like that was a sole uh trigger for needing to feel like um superior to her like her presence alone was a threat yeah. to masculinity whereas I guess maybe like in 2010 like yeah women are alone all the time like that's that's Common. That's not like a weird concept anymore. So maybe that was like why they needed to like find another reason, I guess, for her to pose a threat to their masculinity, um, Mm -hmm. other than just her presence alone. But I don't know. It's a. It's it's odd because it almost feels like a way to make them feel justified. Yeah, not that I would ever agree, but like I'm when I'm watching it, I'm like, are they trying to make me like understand why they would do this? <laughs> like the, the, like I don't know. It's it's kind of an odd, yeah, addition. But
1: it's an odd choice. It's an interesting choice, I guess. But um, regardless, but his of,
0: line definitely made me cringe. I was like,
1: what was what was the line? Can you remind me so I don't don't, remember?
0: Some, I don't know. I think. <laughs> It's something to do with her car, I think, like
1: I don't know oh. and she and she pretty much straight up says, "Does that line ever worked for you before? Jesus.
0: yeah, I was like <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like get', them. which is like warranted. like I don't want to be hit on I but yeah, I don't know yeah.
1: weird um this but to be fair, like everybody involved in this movie um in terms of like that they are convincing as scumbags, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, not that it feels weird, kind of like, like commenting on their roles like that. But they're all good scumbags. Where yeah, immediately... I, uh,
0: another thing I think I kind of pointed out um, was that, like in the original one, she's almost like a, like the fact that they're kind of like stalking her a bit and then like she's kind of just like hanging out on the lake and mm-hmm. then they kind of corral her i um i likened it to a um like a deer being hunted at the watering hole like that these men see themselves as like hunters and they're like for for sport like there's there's prey out there waiting to be shot. Mm. Like, you know, nothing about hunting is like, you know, killing it an unsuspecting deer is not, you know, and nothing more than sport. So like I, you know, the fact that it's in the woods and she's kind of like laying around unsuspectingly, it's kind of has that hunter dynamic because they're like stalking mm. her beforehand. Versus this one, like, they liken her to a show pony a lot. Oh, yeah,
1: of course. So it's, like, yeah,
0: rather they... than something laying around vulnerable to be hunted, it's, like, something that needs to be tamed. Yeah. Which, like, like how I mentioned, like, her presence alone was enough of a, a trigger versus, like, a woman who will, would actually call you out on your stupid yeah. pickup lines is like the next step so it's like rather than hunting you know some like
1: vulnerable prey you know, it's almost like low on
0: to... the yeah low on the food chain animal like that's has no defense versus like this like they use like you know specifically like horse language like yeah, this is a loads of that yeah who needs to be like broken
1: which is they mentioned that she's like, oh, she's stuck up, she's snobbish and uh, she comes into the small town and she thinks she's better than us. So there's loads of really interesting sort of um, themes surrounding that and they're like, obviously in terms of of, as men feeling feeling like this person from the outside who maybe is from a different class in a way has come into your town and like that's infuriating as it is, they must be thinking. Um, Yeah, have
0: you seen Deliverance?
1: I've seen Deliverance a long time ago. Yes,
0: um, in what's it called? In Men, Women, and Chainsaws, uh, Carol Clover specifically oh, yeah. talks about like that, like rape, revenge, uh, in relation to I Spit on Your Grave and Deliverance being very much a like class dynamic, which, mm-hmm. like, you could trace to something like Eden Lake or something that it's about these like rich people coming into their like yeah taking vacation in people's daily lives <laughs> like yeah. um you know so i think that's a really interesting point that it's not just like gender oppression or j- anything like that that yeah. it's like, very men who feel emasculated because of their class position have to find another way to like one up someone yeah. else
1: one upmanship yeah. yeah of course no that makes total sense yeah. um and i guess more focused on in in the remake than i mean it's it's present in the original i think but it's definitely a um it's definitely front and center in 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 the remake because so obviously it it, it starts in, in in a different way in the original it starts off they kind of like just follow her around in her boat don't they and then pretty much she runs onto a bank to try and get away and that is when they all attack her essentially at the same time. Whereas in the remake, they actually break into her cabin. Um, and it's it's kind of like the fact that one of them's filming it as well. Uh um, yeah, we I find
0: sure a f- lot of that to be just like kind of um you know, uh part of the canon of horror at the time. There's a lot of like yeah. voyeurism and uh like the camera
1: footage as well
0: yeah yeah like i think i guess obviously the technical like innovation of having handheld cameras in general but like um as far as like public consumption of them that like everyone can start recording things but i think like i feel like that's common a lot in like horror at the time as well as like the home invasion um
2: yeah yeah. which
0: i like into like torture porn and like post 9-11 like the feeling of having your safe space invaded and like whether it's your country or your home or your family yeah. uh, but that's kind of where that like fear kind of stems from so i think it's interesting that it's not like it's just some you're not like out in the open like that you're <laughs> they they came in <laughs> Yeah. They were gonna get in no matter what you did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, when is... they're
0: stalking her beforehand, like they're filming her in this one in the remake, whereas before yeah. they were just kind of like messing around, but they're specifically like filming her, and she's mm. like not dressed and all that stuff. Yeah. Again, it's creepy. Is, is I think my, about that all my, the time. My, I hate having my windows open. I'm like, just, people out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it is 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 very. It adds a different unpleasant nature to the proceedings, which are obviously unpleasant enough. Um, and also when he got told to burn the tape, just knew, just knew yeah. there's no way he's burning that tape. Oh. That tape is coming back. Chekhov's tape is coming back <laughs> into this plot for some reason or another. Um. So yeah, in terms of the in terms of the attack in in the original, um. Prolonged, I think, is a is a way of sort of describing it because, yeah, it's. I think some films would probably, um, sh- not shy away of showing an attack like this, but maybe there might be a cutaway, or maybe it would it wouldn't last too long. Um, we get the idea of it, but this is prolonged, and I think that's obviously done on purpose to try and really put you in the position of what something like this could could be like. Um, a prolonged attack and something where you're completely and utterly helpless as well
0: yeah I think that's what's the most uh, like a lot of reviews would call it a 30 minute or 24 minute rape mm-hmm. scene which is like obviously not really what's happening like that's a you know a uh... but it feels that way because she's kind yeah. of like the fact that they let her just walk away, and then they yeah, that... again, and then she walks away again, and then they're in her home. It's so like it's just those moments um, where you think, right? It's it surely it's, it's over now. now.
1: <laughs> like sim- similar to the last house on the left as well, that there were there were even moments in that where someone would run away, and you think, okay, they're getting away, they're very close to safety, or maybe the attack's over now, they're just gonna let them live, and then the characters go, well we can't let them live they're 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 a witness to 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 sort of our crimes Mm -hmm. um so yeah and the way that i kind of mentioned that the fact that film sometimes just put that freedom there ever so close um and just snatch it away from you um or or away from a character sorry at the last moment
0: yeah and i had seen it already obviously but um i forgot like when she like is crawling to the phone in the original one and he like kicks the phone out like it totally like I I was totally jump scared. I was like, like it made me like I just wasn't expecting to yeah. jump because I think the sound of the phone like ringing too. But I was just like, oh. I knew they attack her in her home, but I for some reason yeah. it had been long enough since I had seen it last that I was like, oh, it's
1: because oh it's goodness. like nighttime as well now. So you kind of think enough time must have gone by that they've just you know left and not surely they wouldn't still be around um so i think she does realize that they obviously planned her abduction so that matthew could lose his virginity um and i think in those initial stages when the initial attack takes place i mean something really horrible about being in this like overgrown area as well like this kind of it's it's so remote that it feels like you're definitely She's definitely not close to safety or or anybody possibly hearing or coming to help. Um, but yeah, so Matthew obviously doesn't initially participate. Um it says here in the description that he does it out of respect and pity for her, but I don't know if I what where do you see Matthew's role in all of this? Because
0: I yeah, I definitely would not agree with that statement. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there's it's a common theme obviously since it's in both of uh, the original and remake. Um I wouldn't it's not necessarily like there's a weak a weak link in the original Last House, but I think the connection between Krug's son and Matthew is a little more um like Similar in the remake of Last House, like that. There's this mm-hmm. this weak link that we need to like um, peer pressure mm-hmm. into like yeah. proper masculinity, um, which I and think is a an way, interesting gonna... concept because that is part of you know there are men that maybe under other circumstances would not perhaps commit certain crimes but because of the pressures of masculinity and things like that so it's an interesting yeah, concept but it's still it, it's but but that very specific like idea that it's out of like he, I, I don't know yeah i think he his judgment is obviously impaired
1: yeah his judgment's and, impaired like, but i don't think i ever think you know he's Again, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful to anybody, but you know, he is a functioning person in society, he's got a job. Yeah. Um, so I'm almost but his judgment, while maybe impaired, I still kind of think even this character and the character in the 2010 version, he knows the difference between right and wrong. And while these these other men are coercing him into the scenario, and I and I could I could totally understand where the story's coming from in terms of his role in it. Um, also feels like a lot of the characters are kind of involving him almost to give themselves reasoning for why they're committing these acts. Like, they don't want... It's not like, oh, we're not we're not committing the act of rape. We're just assisting Matthew in losing his virginity. It's almost like they're just... Yeah. Yeah, more, like more
0: so in the original. Yeah, I, I like his role a lot more in the original, I think think like yeah because of the added injury of johnny's ego at the gas station it's uh, much more charged for other reasons whereas like it in the original yeah it very much feels to me like they are just they have nothing better to do with their day but they're Mm -hmm. going to pretend it's for matthew and i think the dynamic like i think he seems so much more i don't want to say scared of them but he seems so much more in need of their approval or like that they're going to yeah. beat him up like they beat him up in the original one i don't re- i don't remember if they do in the remake but you know like they have physically yeah. him and he has no one, like, once Jennifer leaves, they're still the only guys he can hang around with and he knows mm-hmm. that he's, like, the butt of the joke. And so it's, like, sad in that way, much more so in the original than the remake, I think. Yeah. Like, his character is sad, but it's, there's, um they don't necessarily pretend as much... That it's all yeah. for Matthew like it's an element where they're like yeah Matthew your turn you know like that kind of thing yeah, but yeah, they're, yeah. but it's not so much like we did this for you Matthew like you know it's it, yeah. it, he has obviously has his own motive because there's mm-hmm. so much more prolonged um torture quote unquote before the actual um like penetrative sexual assault like yeah. with the bottle and making her dance around and all that stuff in the remake like it's so much mm-hmm. more about humiliation than just like yeah obviously when they read her stuff in the original one at the end that's very much about humiliation yeah. but there's it's so much more like it uh, effective it like it got gives me a little like gut punch when i watch the remake a lot like I am so sickened already before they even start sexually assaulting her in that way. Whereas, like in the original, they're they kind of like are straight to business, like once they're on shore. So yeah. it's a, uh, it's interesting in that way, I guess, like, in regards yeah. to the different the ways like, they torture her.
1: It's, it's it's strange how it's framed as well, because obviously again the original is framed kind of like a a a. a in the daylight, um, mm-hmm. sort of like a nice summer's day as well, so it's kind of luring you into that false sense of security of like, here's a, a beautiful setting and this terrible thing's happening. Whereas in the remake, it's um, at a cabin, which obviously in horror, most of the time, is kind of p- perceived in a way of like somewhere that probably is could be pretty scary to, to be in, and, and there's probably plenty of different threats both inside and outside. And the fact that they force their way in that home invasion angle. And yeah. All the things that kind of happened from that, yes, with the bottle. Um, and she's clearly, obviously, incredibly distressed from the moment. And it was just when she was saying things like "just, just leave," um, "just leave <laughs> me alone," "just get out," all that stuff. Just, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, tough yeah. to to sort of digest, I guess, in that way. Um, and again, yeah, sort of pro- prolonged. Obviously, I'm just thinking about how. When they eventually get there so i think both johnny and andy in the original rape her and it's then that she crawls back to the house um and obviously like a significant amount of time has taken place and just those actions of her like crawling back to the house like i'm mean, is she is she naked at this point i'm just pr- pretty much yeah and in,
0: in the original one yeah she's yeah. definitely like because she's in her, she starts off in her bikini, like, they completely yeah. turn that off from the beginning, and then, like, the entire time she's, like, walking around the forest and crawling home, like, she's naked, like, the whole time, I think. Oh, i have
1: just re- remember, we didn't even mention the harmonica, oh, which yeah. maybe, maybe something that is, like, associated with the exploitation side of things as well, you know, the sound of that um and the fact that it's like a precursor to like the next stage of of these attacks as well. Just it's almost like a terrible way of describing it. And you know, I'm just trying to say oh, it's like a musical interlude, isn't it? Um Yeah, there's not got... really
0: music in this other than his harmonica. Um which I yeah. like. I like like the mood without like music that's trying to like play it up, but it's like it is like Stand in for that music that you would hear in a horror film that's like, oh, the scares coming up, like yeah. the tent building. So, I mean, the, 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 the like, remake's like, got it, yeah, yeah. The remake's yeah. a lot more of a like production, polished. yeah, yeah, like a sort <laughs> yeah. of
1: polished, yeah. Whereas this feels like, uh, um, like it does, like the original just feels like a video nasty or like,
0: uh, yeah, it's definitely self funded. Um, yours, Archie, self funded it and printed however many copies he needed to print to send it to people but so it's very very independent um
1: $80,000 budget it looks like um and Matthew does participate it says after getting drunk but i'm pretty sure he just has a swig or something right
0: yeah i wouldn't say he like got drunk he definitely like did a little like pep up like yeah. shot like a little like swig, but yeah, not I don't yeah, I wouldn't say like he had to get plastered to to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that is when they start like ridiculing her book. They're like ripping up the manuscript, they're reading out sections of it, but you know, in a sort of patronizing, horrific um way, you know, where you could read you could read a, read a section from any book, and if you put on that stupid voice it's yeah. going to sound stupid
0: it's so um, mean and i also like take note of the fact that like kind of in line like a lot of uh writers and films or like um like the classroom scenes are pretty common where it's like kind of almost a meta in a way cuz she's writing like oh she you know she's talking about escaping from her city life Mm. like she's writing about a woman who's trying to escape her city life and that's what she is doing and so not only like did they disrupt the exact thing that she's trying to do but they're mocking the writing that is like yeah like reflecting what the plot is you know so it's like an extra level of like ridicule like you're not just not just my work but like everything about me (laughs) yeah
1: but again it's like a class thing as well isn't it because they're obviously just like oh writing a book oh aren't you aren't you great aren't you amazing aren't you so talented and kind of just like mocking that side of her again dehumanizing her in a way which is which is obviously what they're attempting to do the whole way um and in the remake in the remake do they pretty much do the book stuff
0: i don't think so so, not that I can recall, I think, but... I, I think they generally she... look at her
1: laptop and say, oh, you are a writer, because she's, like, writing, and then I think that's what maybe happens. Um,
0: yeah. It's not this theatrical, yeah. like, throwing around her pages and thing like no. that. They might mock so, it,
1: but not... Yeah. Jennifer does manage to escape in the remake um, when there's a particular assault happening with a bottle, um, and she kind of, like, hits... Hits the guy, pepper sprays another one, um, and just runs out into the woods. And it's there that she bumps into the sheriff. Sheriff Storch and Earl, the old man, who's like apparently the owner of the cabin. Now it's not obvious that he's a sheriff straight away because he's kind of just like they're in their hunting gear, aren't they? Um and but yeah, and he goes, Oh, don't worry, I'm a sheriff. So there is that moment. Well, if <laughs> familiar with horror in any way, you go. Oh no. Oh, yeah, no, that's not good. Not um,
2: good. Yeah.
1: But initially, so it's, it's 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 strange isn't it because initially he seems to be like genuine genuine sorry, genuinely concerned and then the mask starts to slip very quickly when he starts to almost find reasons to disbelieve her or mm. so that there's alcohol there that she's been um, smoking a bit of the old Mary Jane. Yeah, they cast doubt on her story essentially. Um, yeah. and it's weird how quickly it turns from her, who's clearly been on the receiving end of, of something very, of something terrible, traumatizing, um, and the and the sexual assault. But very quickly it flips that she's almost like trying to make excuses for herself and trying to. She's, she's like being persecuted in this way, um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of the all of the other guys have, have left at this point as well. And it's and but they do return and it's pretty much exactly the moment that you realise that this sheriff is also a wrong one. Mm-hmm. And they kind of add they add a different sort of um undertone to his character of him being like this really well him being like a caring father, essentially, like talking to his daughter on the phone
0: not only that Um, but like a man of god and like he's literally like his daughter whose name is chastity by the way um,
2: okay okay is
0: literally like dad like you you always make breakfast before church and like jennifer's literally being raped in the background like that's so like oh it doesn't get more on the
1: nose on the (laughs) nose yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah exactly yeah um But it's interesting because obviously it's it's putting someone in a position of authority, a man of God, of course, as well, and a family man and showing you that none of those things matter. If someone's inherently a scumbag, inherently that kind of person, then these are the kind of things that they're going to do with believing that that there will be little to no consequence, especially if somebody in a position of authority who clearly seems to completely confident in the fact that they would easily get away with it and i can't remember in the remake are they insistent on they're not insistent on killing her straight like to to cover up their tracks are they um remember.
0: i would say obviously... he he, can't, he does kind of um mm. after she runs away through the woods i think he almost like yeah of course starts to orchestrate like a hunt for her um mm-hmm. after she like i think he's gonna come kill her but then she like jumps off the bridge and then he's like all right everyone's checking the banks of all the you yeah, know the yeah, right. like, and they have to do it for like days like the guy he's like all right everyone has to go check and search and it's very it's very like um in a way, he, I don't want to say mastermind, but in a way, he is very much a, like, calculated, like, I don't know, sounds like you've done this before, sir. Yeah, that,
1: exactly. <laughs> Whereas perhaps in the original, you think this might just be potentially a one-off because there's no one sort of, it, it, no one seems to be in control of the scenario. They kind of make the decision that, right, we're going to go and have to kill her now. And Matthew, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to stab her in the heart. Um, it feels like a sort of last minute decision, like, oh, she's the witness to these crimes that we've committed. You're gonna yeah. have to stab her. And here's how you do it. Um, whereas yeah, in the in the remake, he there is a mastermind involved, and obviously as a man in a in, in a position of authority, he obviously is is almost like, Well, there's absolutely no way that this can get out. Um hmm. I've got a family and all that shit. Um, yeah, I, yeah.
0: Like but there are f- almost- leader which i think plays into the dynamics of the men too that like that they are all just kind of uh none of them have real power and maybe that's why they thought this would have been fun and like and but and then like because then they continue to be like ridiculed by him too like it's not just math like in the like matthew in the original is the only one that's really like clowned on versus like you Mm know he he's like you taped it like get rid of the tape like he's like go he goes in on all of them about how like stupid they are
1: in the remake there's a few key components to each of the characters that we need to kind of remember especially when jennifer starts to exact um her revenge obviously the guy who's filming he like he likes to watch um the sheriff is an ass man that's one thing that obviously that's that I mean that's the next next level to it isn't it and that kind of makes you think that 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 humiliation and that the fact that he would go as far as that when exacting when when committing these crimes goes to show you what kind of person he is as well what's the there's some what's was the other guy there's always one one of these guys that i forget um what's the... yeah Whenever whenever it, whenever it like shows him, I go, Who's that guy? Oh yeah, he's here as well. Forgot about him. He what happens to him? Oh yeah. I remember what happens to him, but I can't remember what the caveat is because obviously getting your eyes pecked out because you like to watch. We'll yeah. get into that. We'll get into that. It might it might make yeah, sense.
0: He... Wow, yeah, there's like one character. Yeah, there's... Like, I remember him confronting other guy about the videotape hmm. or something, but I don't remember yeah. anything else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, of course, in the original, Matthew goes to murder her, but he can't bring himself to stab her. Does she kind of, like, come to as well? Does she kind of wake up a little bit, possibly?
0: I think so. Like, I think that's what plays into his um, sympathies a bit. I can't remember exactly what happens, but I think that's what makes him hmm. feel more guilty.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he just dabs the knife in her blood and it goes back to the other man and says, yeah, did it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. And here's where, obviously, the main difference from the original and the remake is that we kind of see the following days jennifer's perspective as she kind of i mean clearly traumatized but kind of is trying to to sort of well i don't know how you would move on move forwards after an event like this how long is supposed to take place between this until she confronts them
0: it's a it's a couple of weeks
1: um because some of her like her, her, her wounds and stuff do do sort of clear up some of the bruising and uh cuts on her body do seem to yeah. clear up.
0: I really like those scenes. I like um like where she's like in bed with like all the like ice packs and things like that. Like something about those scenes I I like. Like I like that we see her perspective. Like that it like it really follows the the like logic of calling it day of the woman like that this is like about her. um mm-hmm. yeah no i i literally wrote it down because i was like it's been how long um they i think he says it's been a couple weeks mm-hmm. because uh when they're they're like at like a little diner or something like talking about it oh it's been two weeks yeah i wrote oh, an yeah, all caps. just like- and-
1: it's been two weeks also in a really busy diner just talking about everything
0: yeah such but yeah he's like by now the body would be like this to decompose and this heat like it's been two Mm. weeks like someone's gonna like know something's up or something and i was like i don't know why but on this watch this is the first time i ever like realized that he says it's been two weeks like Mm. (laughs) so she's been like stewing in her you know plot to revenge
1: but I also get the get the sort of thought that she immediately when this happened it's not like it came to a moment where she went right okay this is what I'm going to do I just feel like immediately yeah. she knew what she had to do and yeah. this was all the kind of like build up towards it because she she goes to church as well and asks for forgiveness for what she plans to do
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and I, and how does how did do they first find out that she survived because that's when they beat matthew up isn't it because they say it didn't kill her hmm matthew's a weird looking guy right he <laughs> every time i was looking at him i kept thinking he looked like mike myers <laughs> but like playing a cat playing a character. you know one of those awful yep. films that mike myers was in like, yeah. what's it called? The Guru, the Love Guru. That's yeah. it. Just like where you can definitely see it's Mike Myers, but he's just got like a wig and some glasses on. He looked like, yeah,
0: it, it kind of reminded me of his like Austin Powers, like get up because of his yeah. like glasses and his little hairdo. Um, I guess makes sense because of the time period that that would be like the
2: yeah, yeah, definitely. The
0: the time. But yeah, no, um.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how. Oh, that's right. She calls and ass calls in a grocery order, doesn't she? Or yeah, I think that must be it. I can't remember exactly how it plans out. But obviously, Matthew's working as well after he's been beaten up. Um, and when he realizes that she's called in a delivery, he's obviously shaken up. I guess he, it's not leaned into really at all in this film, but he kind of is scared to a degree where he's like. How what the hell's gonna happen? Whereas in the remake, um Matthews almost seeing her is is these these visions and and just like a supernatural edge to it.
0: Yeah, I don't personally like that change. Like I like that it's focused on her and um Mm -hmm. something about like disembodying her from the revenge, because even later, I think with some of the other things, like we don't see her um I guess I might have to ponder that a little bit further. Yeah. I think like, it's, I guess in... that it's more of a focus on the guys. Like I guess if we're thinking about like the social context of the economic um you know issues they might be having. I don't know, like the being disenfranchised like men in like the rural south. Mm -hmm. is interesting to then kind of show what their lives are like afterwards um and the dynamics between them is it is interesting but the i like i obviously like jennifer a lot as a like avenger and so i like focusing on her but then um i thought about the fact that when she lures matthew in the original she's wearing like this white robe and it's Mm -hmm. very like Almost like, like, I read a some analysis that like equates it to like, she takes, she's become like one with the site of her trauma. Like, she's now like, mm-hmm. she is now partnered with the woods to enact revenge on the men who mm-hmm. victimized her in those woods, which I think is kind of interesting. And the fact that she's wearing this white robe, it reminds me of something like Lady Snowblood or something where she's almost like this. Um, like almost or like almost like a ghost angelic. in a way, like yeah, she
1: goes to like an angelic figure in a way.
0: Yeah, so I think that's an interesting thing that they kind of take and they make it figurative, mm. like rather than being this like in this robe and like mm. the siren in the woods that's gonna lure him. That like she's like more of a actual like haunting of matthew
2: like he's
0: her he looks all creepy like like it's the ring mm. or something and then like you know it's kind of odd in the remake but
1: it is kind of odd because she kind of like starts to stalk them doesn't she and she's always like she's toying with them in a way as well so it's a very very different way of setting these i like
0: in that way because they toyed with her so much like yeah he's like throwing stuff at that guy's like back porch or something and like her flip-flop or something. i don't know and he, and he just comes out firing his gun yeah he's like <laughs> <laughs> we're up <laughs> like who flip-flops just... this yeah come back you left it yeah it's interesting it's, it's an interesting choice i mean i think it is cool and it has its own like has its own merit um it's yeah. not what i watch um i spit on your grave for but it yeah. is a scene interesting...
1: so Yeah, so stalking and messing with them in the original, uh, sorry, in the remake, she steals the videotape that, um, what's his name, Stanley, didn't burn, Um, Mm -hmm. sends the tape to uh, Sheriff Storch's wife, which she can't play for some reason, I can't remember exactly why, didn't she? There's a reason she says she can't play it.
0: I don't think they have that type of camera or something that it fits in or something. I don't know. It's yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. but it's a man. He like he's panicking. He's like, oh did God, he's... watch it? Like, you
1: know. <laughs> and I'm just That's like, the first thing you think, so isn't it, is his daughter? Because how he is he is viewed as this this fig. Like, obviously, his daughter sees him as like the perfect dad. Um, worships him in a way. And the fact that there could be anything that would ever... That's thats the thing he's scared about the most, I feel like. He's not scared about... Well, I'm sure he is scared about his career and his wife and everything like that. But just his relationship with his daughter. Um, Which is an
0: interesting that- thing. I think it's cool that they kind of point that out because that's often the, like, conversation that's had. It's like, you treat women like this, but, like, those are like what about your daughter like someone else is gonna come do that to your daughter if you you know not yeah. that i think that like women should only be valued just because they're your daughter or not but it's yeah. it's, it's so well, that was, a, that was the point so, i was gonna make then sorry yeah Carry he's on. like shitting bricks because his daughter might find out he did this without ever considering that like jennifer is someone's daughter I, it's just
1: mm. That's, that's it they're, they view her as a sport they don't view her as a human being and and that was a good point you just made then which is often when things like this happen um sexual assaults and, and and murders of of women there's always that conversation that you know this is somebody's daughter this is somebody's mother this is somebody's sister but you know that's not the value of somebody's life based yeah. on their relationship to other people you know they're we're human beings who deserve. Um, who don't deserve to, to to be treated in that way and yeah he he is shitting bricks and I don't blame him um yeah. because because she is bringing it all down around him how do you feel about Jennifer in the original kind of using her sexuality to to lure these men back into in into these situations where they're kind of exposed and vulnerable and then exacting her revenge because obviously that's I mean mildly used in the remake with with the way she talks to, to like Laura's Matthew, but that's I don't think that's sexual. That was more of like a friendship thing, isn't it? But I don't know. In the in the remake, sorry, I keep I keep getting it the wrong way around. Yeah. In the original, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about her. Like even with her luring her back backing with her sexuality, I still feel like it went maybe slightly too far in terms yeah. of I was like, right, do it then. No, no, yeah. no stabbing. what are yeah. you doing having a, ba- having a bath of him,
0: yeah. him. <laughs> yeah I I think um, obviously like it's playing on like she's making them feel so vulnerable the way she was and like I guess mm. the way he like almost, it takes him a second to even realize what she just did to him like you know like because yeah. he starts you know i think that's like the the kicker for her is that like she he's so off guard that yeah, she makes him feel so safe and then... with but it's that's the sexuality is the most one of the most debated things i see about the films or about this film yeah. and about revenge in general because it's it's very along the lines of like the femme fatale um mm-hmm. kind of a trope which is very much a like in like some feminist critique uh, considered a like a backlash against feminism like that mm-hmm. women are all these sirens and harlots that are gonna like these black widows that are gonna come lead you to y- your death and but it's uh, it's and, and even in like the monstrous feminine like using psychoanalysis which I'm not a huge yeah, fan so, of Freud's fear of castration, like she's mm-hmm. talking about
1: this on your ginger on your ginger snaps episode, actually, yeah. Which I was there's to
0: this um, there's the specific argument she makes that, which is in line with the um, the fact that she's like a independent woman and that threatens their masculinity, and so they like do this to take their power back, but almost in a negative reading she takes the fear of being castrated by women as the exact motivator for rape that like it's the exact threat that women pose against men that is the reason why men feel the need to uh dominate women this way which is it in line with like what's happening thematically in the film with like the way they, you know, with the class, you know, distinction and stuff like that. So it's an interesting reading. I don't particularly like care for Freudian yes. castration fear <laughs> stuff, but yeah. um it's so because it's it? in a way, it's like victim blaming in a in yeah. a way. But, and also, like, I think a lot of people think it's, like, sex or misogynistic to, like, think that women would use their sexuality to get revenge. Like, I I think it's, like, almost, like, they think it's controversial to mean. like, like... naked again and things like that. But I personally, like, there's actually a lot of discourse around the way, like, actual rape survivors often engage in like as a response or a coping mechanism hypersexuality um because their sexuality was um taken from them that it's a way to reclaim Reclaim that uh their sexual freedom kind of like with crash uh like and other like things that um something that caused you trauma like if you sexualize it then it's a way for you to take control back from the thing um yeah. like like james and crash is scared to drive after his accident but he's no longer scared to drive once he like eroticizes sure. cars. so i think that yeah. i think not that i think in 1978 mirrors archie was like yeah like survive that <laughs> and this is a I great mean- but I think it's very interesting that like it's so debated but then like 40 years later there are survivors who are like no I identify with Jennifer yeah, because okay. I did things like that like mm. engaged in hypersexuality to take back my power and so I think it's interesting for that reason but it's it's so debated that's like mm. thing that I think that's the point where people are like no it's misogynistic and it's the same point oh, where you're yeah. like no I'm actually feminist and so it's like <laughs> I mean that comes
1: up a lot doesn't it that comes up a lot especially like with this subgenre as well like is it feminism is it misogyny and the fact that those two ideas seem to be you can sort of it's like a double-edged sword you can take it one way or the other it's quite fascinating my (laughs) annoyance around it wasn't necessarily about her taking back that sexuality um and being like hypersexual it was almost the fact that these, I just wanted these guys to get their comeuppance immediately. I hated the fact that they were immediately back in this situation where they were like, actually, someone someone that is, I've repeatedly raped, they're so sh- stupid to think that that person would suddenly then want like, to be involved with them in a different. Like, she it's just, it feels insane. So,
0: she so obviously was not wanting it. And then for him to like, be like, yeah, I knew you wanted it all along. Like, I, it's just... And he's so clueless, like...
1: Yeah, it's almost like they're, oh, you had a taste of it, did you? And now you've come back for the rest. It's just like, that is just so, so... And the way he's, like, talking about, me. like,
0: his kid... He's like, yeah, I love my kids. And he's, like, talking about his wife. He's, like, talking about how you get, like, sick... You get used to your wife. And I think, like, that's his, yeah. like, justification for needing to... Like rape her because it's like oh that's my wife like you get used to her I need some something new mm. you know and it's so like gross but then he's like can we stop talking about my kids it, it, it's very weird and he's so nonchalant yeah. and he's just like, sitting in the bath with, like so, so
1: clueless <laughs> so clueless yeah but also like when she does eventually sever his sever his manhood he says <laughs> so good it feels painful and then obviously she just gets out of I do like the matter of fact way she kind of does it and just gets out of the bath and leaves while mm-hmm. he's like um bleeding out. And yeah, it is a <laughs> it is a great shot of him dead in the basement. I think that was probably the best, like yeah.
0: Yeah, the like effective. violence itself. Like I'm like he deserved I mean, like, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty horrific punishment, I guess. But I'm like, he just deserves so much more torment. But then, like, when they showed that shot of him in the basement, I was like, that's so, it's like such a good image. Yeah. Like, yeah. The so fact the, that he's like, just
1: dumped in the basement and just, yeah. yeah,
0: it's almost like upside down, like on the like stairs. He's naked he's like, as well. Just, yeah,
1: just discarded him. Yeah, and the fact that he's naked and she burns his clothes in the fireplace. Obviously, just before that, she did kill Matthew as well. And the way she does that mm-hmm. was a bit like, I don't know. I first, I was a bit like God. She's having. It seems like she's having a bit of difficulty there. It felt like. Yeah, it felt I like was the like, most haphazard way of doing it.
0: Yeah, I could never like try to like hang someone myself. That was a very interesting. Uh, the method. shot of him
1: like having his trousers down because again she does lure him into that situation and she does. Um. She does like. Does she just? I can't remember if I'm confusing this the original and, and and the remake. In which one can he can he not ejaculate during the attack, but then he can when he is like alone with her. I think it's this one, isn't it? I, I think it's the original.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think he. I think that's why the other guy kind of like.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, because then she says to so... Johnny when she's in the bath, she says she killed him, and then she says that she. Made him come as well. She does say that. Um, and again, he doesn't. He just doesn't believe it, does he?
0: Yeah. The, like, oh, you're so stupid. You're so yeah, silly. you got jokes like it's. You're such it, a yeah. kook. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, I I love the imagery of of him like hanging with his pants around his ankles, like yeah, like um, in line with the like the castration and stuff. Like I think the line that. Carol Clover says in Men, Women, and Chainsaws is like, if maleness committed the crime, then maleness will suffer the punishment. And Mm -hmm. it's very, yeah, it's very on the nose there. Like castration and like Matthew's got his pants around his ankles. Like Mm -hmm. it's very clear, you know, that that's what crimes they are being punished for.
1: So the way Jennifer does it in in the remake is she just sits, down Matthew next to her on the sofa, almost like she's going to accept his apology, but then she puts a noose around his neck. What the noose was like on her lap? How did he not notice it? <laughs> just when he sat down next yeah. to him, and what oh, was that? Got a lovely little noose there, have you?
0: Yeah, I was really confused because he's not. I thought he dies, but he he isn't dead. No, because then... yeah,
1: I was the... I was also confused. Uh, at the
0: end, I was like i thought he died where has he been this whole time
1: (laughs) i just i strangled him just enough to make him fall asleep for the perfect amount of time so i could get everybody else
0: um yeah yeah. i don't know the timeline totally Mm. like even if it's presented to us in that timeline i don't know
1: yeah but yeah i was like
0: wait a minute where'd he come from
1: yeah (laughs) i know i thought it was initially i thought it was it was his dead body i didn't realize he was he was he was still alive yeah, um,
0: I like I love that. Um I mean it's a little <laughs> horrific, but it's like it's very again yeah. it's another one of those things that to me yeah. that points to like torture porn because it's like a saw trap. Yeah. Like
1: that, it is like a saw trap. I just <laughs> kept thinking Did you like, keep wait. thinking would that even work?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I was like, I don't know about that, but uh Yeah,
1: I feel like the body would have just absorbed
0: yeah i don't think yeah it's got a lot to travel for getting the math it's got a lot
1: to travel let alone like blow his head off um but still awesome um as as awesome as it could be so initially what she does so for stanley and um the other guy not the other guy andy so andy, she captures him yep. in a bear trap then she ties him to a tree and oh, this is good so she puts like fish hooks in his eyelids like gaffer tapes his head or like duct tapes his head, sorry to to the tree, eyelids over. I kept thinking, how have they done this? It looks <laughs> so good. Yeah, it looks it's... legit. When it's going for his eyelids, I'm like, that's real.
0: Yeah, I and that stuff like is what grosses me out. I mean, yeah, obviously, I really like watching it still, but yeah, I was like,
1: what is... some what is dubious, <laughs> yeah. Some dubious CGI crows <laughs> jump onto his body. <laughs> uh and yeah, I think I missed the fish the fish guts bit because I was like, why would they just start poking it, pecking his eyes out? But apparently yeah. she smears him with fish guts. Um and the way she does it with Andy is she like now. This is quite interesting because he's like on over a bathtub, but like propped up in a way where he's kind of got to. There's like a plank of wood underneath him, but when that gets taken away, he's got to like keep himself upright, like using his abdominal strength. <laughs> Otherwise, he will go. And I, I assume it's some sort of chemical in the water.
0: Yeah, I think like some acid or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it, it is exactly, but yeah, it's like some chemical yeah. burn he gets.
1: So, so again, it's almost like that action is almost like sure she's put him in this situation but he's essentially doing it to himself uh, yeah by yeah don't 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 argue with me you're doing it to yourself stop stop it <laughs> uh, but yeah she basically repeats all of the taunts that they were saying to her in terms of her like being a, sh- a show pony and everything like that um and the final um the final dude is Johnny. Who, again? Like, how does she? What does she do? She like pulls up to the gas station. He comes out thinking she's somebody else initially, doesn't he? Like he's gonna use the same line on her yeah. that he did yeah. initially. So let's like, see if this line works now.
0: <laughs> she hit him
1: with a shovel. Can I imagine that she knocks him out somewhere? I, doesn't she?
0: I think so. Yeah, he's not definitely not like Johnny in the original where he's just like, yeah, let's go. But so yeah, I think <laughs> no. he like hits him with something thing i don't remember yeah. what
1: all in broad daylight as well gets him into the back of the car Yeah, um, you wake so up. they're like some sort of abandoned house he's naked and she uses pliers to pull out his teeth again continuing to taunt him mm-hmm. and then the fact that i've seen two severed penises in the last seven days of, of movies is interesting uh, yeah <laughs> and then and then she yes yeah, it was garden cheers and that she Uses to lop off the old fella.
0: Yeah, I like that he's like kind of tied up, like um, it very much, like in line with like the horse uh, language, like pulling out his teeth. Yeah, yeah, of course, like do that, but like also like he's kind of strung up, like like a pig Mm -hmm. for slaughter or something like that. Um, Yeah, I just yeah, but
2: it it felt a little.
0: him but then she puts it back in his mouth and
1: oh yeah yeah of course oh. wow well, and then he does bleed out but this is the thing in this film I it feels a lot more satisfying in terms of what that what they yeah. receive as their punishment whereas in the original it feels like like just go just going on the tagline right the tagline which is um this 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 woman just... Cut, like, chopped, broken, burned, five men beyond recognitions. Like she didn't really. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. So not only is it not not only is it Demi Moore on the poster, but the tagline is misleading. Also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very um, much like not what's going on in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, because I feel like the final two kills um with Stanley and Andy in the original, where um obviously they go to Find Johnny, they take their boat to to the cabin. Um, she swims out to the boat, doesn't she? Pushes Stanley overboard and then yeah. just drives the boat around, again, like taunting them. <laughs> um
0: I so like the Tom of them, but I was she? like, they they deserve more than this. <laughs>
1: yeah, they definitely do, yeah. It is it it almost felt like this was an afterthought. Because it felt mm. like the final kill maybe should have been Johnny, maybe should have been Matthew. Yeah. The fact I agree. that it's these two guys who are kinda of like the just those other two, obviously, who have committed crimes that are just as just as bad as the other two. However, I don't know. It felt like a yes, bit of an They're
0: the thing. ones at like the gas station that are also just kinda of, like playing around with each other and like just Yeah. Messing around and Johnny's like, What are y'all doing? You know, yeah. like I don't know, what mm. they're like just like trying to do stuff with the grass. I don't know. So they're just very much the, like, like his cronies or something. They're not yeah, even Yeah, definitely
1: like... like cronies, yeah. Right-hand right hand men, just, uh... Yeah. It's, it's literally like, they just got... I don't want to say coerced, that's not the right word, but they kind of just got dragged along for the ride. Um, But yeah, still, still committed it. Um... Yeah, so she acts... She kills one of them with an axe, plunges the axe into his back, which kills him. Um... And yeah, the final few few scenes, which include her repeating the order that one of them made during the sexual assaults, which was suck it, bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, Which she does and then starts the motor, disembowels him with the propeller and then speeds away into the distance. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Happy ending. Not really. Just just an ending. (laughs) (laughs) The end. That's obviously how that ends. And then the the remake is when she she sets up the saw trap with um, Matthew with a with a with a sack on his head in the corner, and then the sheriff who's strung up, bent over. Is it a shotgun? I think it's a shotgun. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it just aimed? Is it just aimed at his ass, or is it in? I his think ass?
0: it's yeah. I think it is, uh, stationed there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So again, wasn't <laughs> stationed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just it's just Just, yeah. just uh, but again she kind of sets it up so that, that they're doing it to themselves it's not mm-hmm. like she commits the act of pulling the trigger she set she sort of like puts some, some some rope on the trigger didn't she and then ties it around Matthew's wrist so that when he wakes up and moves the yeah. shot fires directly up and through <laughs> um sheriff Stop what's his name? Sheriff Storch's digestive tract. Um through the mouth. It's quite an interesting shot because we see like his eyes full of blood, his mouth kind of like open from the shot. Um, I don't know how 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 it would necessarily work. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna not test it. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, I'm not gonna test it in any way. Um, but again, Jennifer, she sits outside, she doesn't witness the actual moment of murder, she just smiles when she hears the gunshot
0: yeah I really like this death like I like I like that they're paired together because um like kind of what I read from it is because they're kind of like the top and bottom of like the masculinity food chain like he's in power he's kind of like their ringleader um and Matthew is the one who is like coerced um like goaded into doing it but they like regardless of their um the nature of their participation the fact that they both participated kind of shows like kind of like with like men like if you think about like that movie like that all of the characters that he plays are different forms of misogynistic Mm -hmm. men like from the nice guy microaggressions to like actually violent men so Like, where I would consider, like, Matthew and the sheriff would be, like, the different um, characters that he's playing in men. But, like, all of them are part of the same structure that causes the violence against Mm -hmm. women. And so the fact that, like, um, whether or not, like, they are kind of controlling each other's death is, like, where that's that kind of connection. Um, Yeah.
1: I see. Like, yeah
0: it's like the condemnation of of all forms of mm-hmm. you know participation regardless of whether or not someone else coerced you to do it and yeah 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 i think which is something i love men for doing um so i think yeah. having rewatched this film after seeing men is what yeah. helped Contextualize why this like elaborate trap where like but also mm-hmm. with saw you know like how like your actions affect other yeah. people. That's why it just your, got, your trap it is just set got silly up. after it just got yeah. silly <laughs> after a while in yes. Saw,
1: didn't it? A, you pushed in front, you stood in front of someone in a line. Yeah. That's it. Get yourself into a saw trap. Yeah. <laughs> it started off like some people actually horrible people, and then it eventually ended up was like yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His his logic is a little silly. But yeah, but the idea that like your actions affect other people and like thinking about the yeah. way you're intertwined and then paired with like the different levels of misogyny and things like that. Like so with those two movies in mind, like having rewatched both of those or watching men and uh rewatching Saw recently and then see rewatching I Spit yeah. on Your Group. I was like, oh this this death is actually like
1: kinda interesting. There are probably more, are probably more similarities to, to men when they've mentioned it. Like especially the fact that the main character arrives somewhere and somebody immediately questions where her partner or husband is. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's alone in this sort of um environment and yeah. yeah
0: all really these different that. men they seem to take paralyzed. a lot of the issue with this woman just being like
1: just existing.
0: Existing. <laughs> Yeah, hmm. what do you think up there? Some more fun?
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Okay, so we need to rate the movies. This is just probably going to be slightly difficult to do. I think because often I just rate a movie based on how much I enjoyed it, but I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily the correct thing to do here. But of course, um, as you'd guess, Vanna, I will let you rate the movies first not because i'm just gonna copy you i'm just gonna go yeah me too yeah yeah i was thinking that exact thing actually now you've said it
0: Mm hmm and yeah i it's hard to think about like obviously i can pull so much from them both which is part of how i rate like my enjoyment when it comes to films that are not like traditionally enjoyable. Um, what did I rate them when I just rewatched them on Letterbox? I don't know. I, I would give maybe <laughs> a, I Spit on Your Grave, the original.
1: I won't be like, cross-referencing them with your Letterbox score. Don't worry. <laughs> I, don't like, I, don't <laughs> I always back. think that. I think if I've already rated it on Letterbox, I don't want to say something else because sometimes i find like when you discuss a film and obviously two films that you've been thinking about a lot and writing about there's probably so much more to the fact based on the fact of all of those things rather than how much you enjoyed the film because
0: Uh, enjoyment probably isn't the right word yeah even some of the things that i i think i rated the remake so much lower um there's some I don't know there's some things about it that I really didn't like at first uh Mm -hmm. I think the first time I ever watched it like decades ago I don't even know if I finished it because I was just like if I want to watch this um but you know even it even just talking about it now there were a few things where I was like actually I like I, I before hated the like disembodiment and like this Jennifer ghost that Matthew sees. But thinking about yeah. things we talked about, like I just find all that stuff interesting. But I guess that being said, I would maybe give the original like an A minus.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I think I love it, but yeah. There are a few things like some of the deaths could have been a little more Mm, exciting or we talked about like the guy, the you know, Johnny should have been the end, you know, but I really like it. And I'd maybe give the remake (laughs) a B. Okay, okay. Maybe B-minus yeah i think that's fair yeah yeah. <laughs> i should have, i guess maybe i should have thought about that before wow. beforehand a it's, little a little bit more yeah. it's hard maybe, to rate like, there's so much value i yeah. guess in them which i also I'll, find sometimes letterbox would disagree with that statement
1: <laughs> yeah exactly rat bastard but, yeah. being one of them um, yeah sometimes when you discuss these films At such a great length as well It kind of it unlocks this next level Of appreciation for them That being said So initially when I watched both I was a bit like ah, I don't know if I can really separate them Because in terms of like an exploitation film And a 70s exploitation film I feel like I split in a Grave does plenty I wasn't necessarily satisfied And it's not my place to be satisfied By the way these characters get to come up And so I completely understand that However, I wasn't satisfied <laughs> by their comeuppance, whereas in the, in the remake, I was a bit like, yeah, this is what they needed to get. Um, yeah. But then, do I feel like both of them su- are successful at, at, at saying the same thing? I mean, yes, but like in different ways, I guess. So let's yeah. go for... I'm going to rate the original. Um, As I said, first time watch, and also um. Definitely a subgenre that isn't always for me. So let's go for a B minus for the original
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a C plus for the remake. I think yeah. the second half for me is is acceptable in terms of like the punishment they get. But yeah, does it does it is the supernatural element something that I mean initially I think I found it quite refreshing, like, oh, this is slightly different, but now we've discussed it and in terms of like it's her story the fact that she vanishes for you know a good 30 40 minutes of the movie and becomes this kind of like spectral figure is that kind of undoing all of the all of the work that the Yeah film it's is kind of interesting making?
0: because like in the opposite way last house has mary survive so mm-hmm. it's like mary is even more present than she was in the original versus like now Jennifer's less present in this one. So thinking about those two films side by side is kind of interesting, like the things they both thought to change or not change when they remade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, when I I initially like probably watched the remake, I definitely was like, this is like a two or, you know, like this is not a good... (laughs) Yeah. I, i'm actually surprised with the um like imdb and like rotten tomatoes i'm i think those are like surprisingly high for what i thought yeah. people would be rating it mm.
1: i guess like maybe like just because it was less controversial as a, as a film like obviously the 1978 one probably got bumped down a bit because of its controversy whereas the 2010 one was like it was off the back of plenty of torture porn and exploitation films
0: even mm. plenty of those i feel like have like like there's a there are movies that i love from like that era and i like google it to find out where i can watch it and it's like nine percent on rotten tomatoes and i'm like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like oh no you know they so, so i in that way i think i was like surprised that these were were would be oh, rated okay. by, there's some movies like especially when they have like box office returns like this one does where i'm like oh people like i either Mm. didn't even watch it or i don't know so i i was just surprised by that but yeah no Mm. i i I fluctuate every time i watch it there there are so many elements of specifically the remake that i would consider almost like corny because it's just Mm. um especially because it's it's after last house was remade and after Mm -hmm. like halloween and hills have eyes and all these other movies already had their remakes. where i'm just like oh this is literally just like trying to like let's just copy the trend which feels inauthentic so something Mm -hmm. about i guess maybe why i rate the original so high is because like knowing Mm -hmm. i guess like because i've given so much thought to everything and given so much thought to Amir's archie's um like intentions that it kind of mm-hmm. almost rose colors some of the like filmic of ev- it or like or maybe even narrative or like writing mm-hmm. things were like so I maybe more forgiving in hindsight whereas like with yeah. the remake maybe because it's more like current i'm just like oh this is just like
1: yeah. trying
0: cash breath like it yeah, feels it feels
1: very of its time doesn't it it hits certain beats Um, does it yeah, have like it's... a new metal song in the credits I can't even remember
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like very much along those lines Um, it does do some things to the story that I think fall in line with his intention like he was very specifically upset that the cops were questioning this woman he was trying to help even though she had a broken jaw and they were like well what happened you know like very much doing what the cop was doing to her, to jennifer in the remake Even, but she's bloodied and naked and has a broken jaw she can't talk she's not gonna be able to answer your questions and he was very like that is what angered him so much that it's interesting that like the remake is what really explores the yeah role of law enforcement but the rest of it it's like very weird to have like this pretty package two million dollar budget like color grading and the there's like so much stuff about it that's very much just like in line with the trends not that that's like always bad because i love plenty of those movies but as far as intention where they're like oh last house just did well Mm -hmm. so someone let's do it
1: let's do it you know copy and paste yeah (laughs)
0: but yeah
1: um so yeah well i think we we covered plenty during that that feels like a a mammoth episode in the bet in the best possible way um two films to cover you know i feel like it's kind of a given that we've got to got to extensively um so thank you so much for joining us fanna that's been yeah thank you
2: for having me
1: no worries at all um you'll have to join us again sometimes maybe when andy's available as well Um, yeah maybe some sort of crossover with tell from two sisters podcast Uh, tell off two sisters sorry um or maybe we get the both of you on for for a show uh for an episode in the future that could be good yeah. Where, so, so where can our listeners find find more from you? Can they follow you on any platforms? Obviously, we'll put the links to your podcasts in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, um, on Twitter and most everything else, like TikTok and even uh, Letterbox and stuff like that, it's just horror hellion. Um, it that was taken on Instagram, so on Instagram, it's the horror hellion. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> which. The, that account's not even active and I'm like I want to try to figure uh, out how to like inbox
1: get... them give it up
0: <laughs> yeah so um, <laughs> yeah I, I do have a website where I try to like link everything together Um, which is thehorrorhelion.com. so like oh, wow, okay. I think the podcasts and like any I have some articles I've written and even all my socials are on there but you can find that if you just follow mm-hmm. me on also i'm pretty active on twitter <laughs>
1: nice um of course we'll put all of those links in the show notes for anybody listening as well um so yeah thank you very much for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to our patrons who include john crinan ben scaife Stephen christopher laura kendrick toby miller lane spencer ollie child leslie Carlo, julia bilgren nick spill troy Birch. Pazuzu and Rosalind Harnias. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Next week's episode, will be covering Fright Fest Glasgow, and we may even have some interview bonus episodes coming up as well. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for joining us again, Vanna. It's It's been fun.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: And I uh, catch up with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.